Well, um, welcome to Loudmouth Stereo. It's Saturday. It's 9.32. And we're here to do what it did do. We got Greg, as usual, from Young, Black, and Bothered. Myself, Shan, from She Gets It Podcast. What's up? Um, what's the topic tonight? The topic is, can you handle constructive criticism? Okay. So we just mm-hmm. go and browse through a little bit. You know, I think when it comes to constructive criticism, it can go either way. So I want to talk about what we think about constructive criticism, um, how people usually take it, um, how people should take it better. Okay. With lube. <laughs> um, also how to take feedback in relationships versus your work life when it comes to constructive criticism and some effective ways to listen. We're going to go through some messages as we go through the show. And um, that's about it. So we'll see who comes through. We'll see who drops in, drops messages. Either way, everything said tonight will be live on here on stereo and will be recorded to play on the episode on monday bright and early so don't come in here saying something you don't want to be on the podcast because it will be recorded on the podcast yes it will you ready i'm ready i am ready okay so um first things first let's catch how was your week how was your saturday and things oh my my, this was like the longest, shortest week where I didn't get much done, but I was forced to do too much work, um, mm. uh, which is going to I'm going to mention it like in the show and stuff like that. But uh, for like me, I'm starting to realize I'm doing more work than the people around me. And it's annoying the shit out of me because they know I'm doing the majority of the work. And they they don't get it. So. My uh, not my boss, but like the assistant boss, who he was like, oh, he's trying to like delegate a role that he doesn't understand, like the role at all. Like, say for example, like you have a task that you do every day, right? So right. someone contacts him and says that there was an error or a mistake that was made, right? Which should mm-hmm. be on my behalf. To which he delegates to me. He's like, hey, you know, they forwarded email, some really long, like condescending email, right? So I say, we need to get on WebEx. So we get on WebEx and I talk to him and the person who received the email about this error. And I said, it's not an error. That person just hasn't been trained to do what I do. So I guess like the other team, what they do is they like place the blame on our team for anything that's done. Even if it's not on us, we get the blame for it. I got tired of that shit. So I was like, like, that's not what we were taught. And one, the training, two, anything, and you haven't had any incidents of this before. So I get on the call with one of the partners, or not one of the partners, one of the attorneys, and I'm like, this isn't how you guys told us how to do it. That person just doesn't want to do their job. Mm. And that's one of the hardest conversations to have without like possibly getting fired. It's basically saying, I'm doing what I'm doing over here. You need to check the person who's not doing what they need to do over there. But it's the reality of the situation when it comes to corporate places because it's always a trickle down. Well, I didn't exactly. do this because this person didn't do this. So no matter if you got a place blame, you're not mm-hmm. about to shit on me 
who been doing the shit how it's supposed to be done and the person that ain't doing shit about to just skip and hop up through here no exactly it was basically the email that was sent to that attorney led with something like you know hey you know we've consulted this team before and they agreed to do it this you know such and such a way um please tell me how to proceed further kind of being like oh, well, they made a mistake, so you need to correct them. Like, you could have come to me if there was an error, right? Like, you could have done that shit. But you decided right. to take it, you know, to someone higher, thinking that they were going to chastise me. I don't do the chastising. I will quit before I get talked to like a child, right? So right. I go and I tell them that this is, one, what we don't do, and the person was so pussy that they couldn't go and say, you know what, like, great. Like, this, and that's how I feel about shit like that. And I know how it might come off to some people because the same Greg you meet like in person, like on a podcast is the same person you want to meet at work. Like, I, you know, I don't do the whole, like the code switching and stuff like that. Like, because they already mm-hmm. see me for who I am to begin with. So there's no point in me even trying to act or perpetrate like I'm anything different. Right. Like, obviously I'm not sitting there talking about like sex and you know, the, the things we talk about, but the way mm-hmm. I carry a conversation is the exact same way. So when I saw the email, because mind you, they forwarded the email and it was like, hey, can we have a meeting, blah, 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 blah. We have the meeting and the person, well, the partner, what do you call it, like the attorney rather, when I'm telling them, I'm like, that person who sent you that email has never done my process. So since they haven't done my process, they can't tell me what the fuck to do. You guys are like, they tell us like, oh, well, there's like a list of an order the way that we're supposed to structure the document, right? So we're supposed to structure a document according to how it's supposed to look. So it's like, you know, the resume, the PRD, like all all these different things, right? Mm -hmm. One document was missing. And the reason why it was missing is because it was, it wasn't number wrong, it was labeled wrong. So all of, like, say, for example, you get an email with 15 different attachments, which is what we do. So we get 15 different attachments. What I do is I, like, extract them from the email, combine them into one consolidated PDF, like initiate that case and everything like that, do everything I need to do with it. The issue with this case in particular and with other cases as well is there's not enough time in a day for me to do your job. When we get the emails, everything should be labeled already so we have one less job to do. What happened, however, though, they stopped labeling things. So we are like, okay, we know the CV because it's named CV. We know the like degree and like their education and their medical history and stuff like that. Because it's labeled mm-hmm. medical history. But the other documents that are labeled like, you know, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, right? We don't know what those mm-hmm. documents are until we physically open up those documents. Issue is, I'm not the one that needs to open up that email because it's confidential information that only the attorney should open, right? Hence, it should be labeled what it's supposed to be labeled. This person sent the email saying, oh, well, this was missing. And I was like, it wasn't missing. You have to open a document. It's like client confidentiality to not have other people open it. It's like me going into your Gmail account and opening your personal files and details and shit. Like, yeah, you gave me access to an email that we, you and I talked about, but I don't have access to everything and your confidential like data and stuff like that. Basically tying everything in, I talked to the attorney and he was like, yeah, you know, I'll talk to the client because the client is the one that sends us these documents. Since the documents came to us, they were supposed to come in order and all this other stuff, making our jobs a little bit easier. So mm-hmm. mind you, if my job if my job is easier, that means that's even less work for the person talking about that guy who sent the email who gets whatever I do 
after the fact, right? Mm-hmm. So I tell the attorney, hey, tell the person who's supposed to give us the correct documents in the right order to me. That way I can facilitate it to your person who's right under you a little bit more easier on time and all this other stuff. He was like, yeah, you know, that, that does make sense. So I was like, I'll, I'll go one step further. I asked him to come over to my desk and talk to me about it. So he comes to the office. He said, Greg, Greg said, come see these hands. Yeah. And the, the reason the reason why I do this, and I know somebody like, damn, Greg, like you're going the extra mile. And I'll, I'll wrap it up really quick. But trying to tell somebody what you do is one thing. But mm-hmm. showing them is something completely different. Like people have an idea of what you do for work until they actually have to sit there and either be trained how to do it or be taught how to do it like right there. Like, oh, well, this is the process I have to do before I hand it off to you. Then they're like, damn, that's a lot of, yeah, it is. Like one initiation can take everywhere between 15 to 20 minutes, right? Now factor in like most like days will end up getting like 15 to 20. But on heavy days, I could see fucking between like 65 and 140 cases. Now factor in, I said 15 to 20 minutes per case. This is like combining the cases, extracting them, you know, initiating them, doing all the things I have to do. There's not enough time in a day on top of the other tasks that I have. What makes it easier is if everything is in the order it needs to be in. That way, the PDF can just be created the way it needs to be created. Each PDF takes roughly about like nine minutes to create. And the only reason I'm saying this is because I want to give context. So if each PDF takes nine minutes to create, and I just told you it takes between like 18 and 20 minutes to do the case from like, you know, all that, the entire process, eliminate nine minutes for me. Just send me the consolidated email. What the company does before I get it, though, is they break everything down. They take and extract all the stuff only for us to reconstruct it to hand it off to somebody. So telling the attorney this, he was like, well, why didn't they just send you the documents in a consolidated file? And if we need to add anything to that PDF, we can just do that. I said, welcome to fucking 2022. This is what we've been trying to tell y'all for three years. Now, somebody would be like, oh, well, great, just do it because if you don't do it, then they'll just ask the other person to do it. And that's like a job that you don't get because I'm like, no, somebody has to do the work. The issue is there's a convoluted process in it that I know about because I'm the intermediary between the person who handed it to me and the person I'm handing it off to. The issue is the person I'm handing it off to doesn't give a fuck how it gets to him as long as it's not something he has to deal with. Mm. He, he just wants the he just wants the shit to come to him like if like I did the studying and he just takes my paper and cheats on it. That's the essential like role that I have, right? So I told Let me see your uh, homework. See your homework, let exactly. me see it. <laughs> exactly. here's, a, here's the thing. When you don't hand in the homework off, you know, you don't give him the homework to copy off of, it's like well, you know, if I get caught, you know, if I don't get an A, I get a B minus and you get a B minus. I'm just going to say that, you know what? Like, it was your fault because you were the one that was supposed to tell me to cheat. Like, what? Like, but yeah. you cheating off my shit. So moral of the story is this. Um, a lot of jobs have roles like mine and people who kind of like pass the buck. Someone will say, well, Greg is passing the buck. I don't get paid enough to do two people's jobs. Thank you. That happens with me me too. And I I just be so like stuck on like, I really be wanting to like type, how did you get this job? Because Mm -hmm. it'd be the basic terms of this job that they don't know 
but you have the exactly. audacity to be getting paid more than me and you clueless. You came to me with a question, I gave you an answer. Because you don't understand the terms of that answer is not my problem. Exactly. So the, I guess for me, my final little point before I land is this. When it comes to a job, I'm willing to do my job, my role. I'm not willing to take on a task that somebody else doesn't want to do because they're lazy as shit. And then even with that being said, you're not paying me. It's different if they're like, hey, Greg, like, you know what? In order to make that person's life easier, I'm going to train you on that. Because you know what I can then do? I can apply that to the next meeting that I have when it comes to salary. I can say, you know what? Well, I've learned this task. I've applied this task. I'm doing this task. And they're like, well, why are you doing that task if that person is supposed to do that task? These are the fucking things I've been trying to tell y'all before you trained me. You're training me somebody else's job that they don't want to do. So when they get it, it makes it look like they did the shit. I don't like that. So when I, to- when I told the guy, the attorney, he was like, so you're trying to tell me you hand it off complete to him and all he does is just like scan through it and just like send it off to us? Yes. That's exactly what the fuck he does. So imagine like how you do the docket, Shan, like me, that's like the equivalent of me taking credit for doing the fucking docket. I say, wait a minute, like, I, but I did the fucking docket. It don't make sense. But I'm sitting there like, well, you know, Shane, you made a mistake on the docket, even though I'm claiming that I did it. Like, like, no, no, bro. So either way, that was work. Uh, really quick about, the, you know, the kid, she is, um, she's getting tall, like tall, tall, tall. Um, she, Shan, this is actually starting to hurt my heart to even think about they're saying my daughter is going to be 5'11". Aww. That's taller than me. <laughs> and the, and the, the reason why I say that is, uh, like, my mom is, like, a little bit shorter than me. My dad is 6'4". My brother is 6'3". My other brother is fucking 6'2". Like, it, like, it's just weird, like, seeing all of that. Like, my sister's about my mom's height, so I, I'm clearly getting the height from my mom. My issue mm-hmm. is my daughter is going to be tall. So I'm trying to figure out what sport I'm going to put her in. Do I want to put her in soccer um, or basketball? She's not playing football, and she's absolutely not doing cheerleading. Um, I don't know if you had the girls plan on doing cheerleading, but I can't go through that trauma for the next 18 to 20 years. I refuse. Uh, Ari has the personality to do cheerleading, but I hope she doesn't want to because... I don't want to have to deal with practice and shit. And then Anya, they're both going to be taller than me, I know for sure. And my dad was really tall. My mom is 4'11", so I know they didn't get it from her. Their dads are not super tall, so I'm just prepared. My thing is like, girl, what we going to do about skirts? Because y'all gonna have long legs, and Anya already she can't fit in the car cart at the grocery store today. Today was her last day because her legs was all bent up in there. And when mm-hmm. people see Anya, they swear that she's ten, and she's supposed to be oh, going wow. to the. Mm. So. See, oh yeah, we 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 have to talk. We we have to do a, another episode on that. But I just want to ask one more question before we get into the actual shit, and it's it's about like daughters, right? Mm-hmm. for for your girls when did like as of right now like you know from birth until their ages now what was their biggest growth spurt mm. for Anya it was between three years old and four years old 
Okay. It's like her legs started getting longer. Her feet don't. When they hit like two, don't buy them uh, shoes in the future. You wait to mm. see how fast shoes grow. She was going through two sizes per summer since she's been three. So right now she's in a four and a half kids. So when my mom is here in the springtime, they can share shoes. Jesus. And so with Ari, she she'll be five in um April. She's in a eleven now. I don't mm-hmm. know I can't gauge how fast her feet is gonna grow, but I notice her legs is super long. Mm. So Well, I mean it could be worse. You could have boys. Um so, I know. I, yo, I, I do not en- envy anybody who has sons. Uh, me, I had I had a growth spurt at eight, at twelve, at sixteen, and then again at eighteen, and it still went nowhere. It was just like <laughs> sizes, and it was just it was like weird fucking sizes. So I went from like uh, a size four to a size six, and then I went from like a six to a six and a half. And mm. people might think, oh, well, like, you know, just from now on, just, you know, get the, you know, get a size bigger or like a half size. I'm like, you can't do that with sneakers for guys. Like, cuts of shoes and stuff like that work differently. But then, like, my clothes started to fit really weird. Like, my mom would have to go and buy, like, my church outfit, like, maybe, like, a month before. And then by the time I wore it, it was just, like, it had to be of size. And the reason for it is because, like, the, uh, the spring outfit or whatever, or the spring church stuff that I had the year before, no longer fit. Dress shirts no longer fit. Uh, my slacks, I would grow out of them. Like, it felt like my legs grew, and then I got shorter. I don't know how the fuck that works out, but it happened mm-hmm. to me. So I do not want anybody having sons and expecting to not spend a small fortune. Also, boys are the dirtiest. I didn't realize how many shoes I ruined. Like after like two weeks of getting them, and my mm-hmm. mom's like, "Yo, how the fuck did you like ruin a new pair of joy like back to school?" So I would get a shoe, and like in August we go back to school. By fucking October, they'd be so dogged out. She's like, "You can't take care of nothing." Like the slacks that I had to wear and stuff like that to school completely messed up. Blue jeans, messed Holes up, and ripped and shit. Yo, yo, she was like, "What? What is wrong with you? Are you eating your clothes? Like, are you? What is going on?" I was like, "Ma, I don't know." But then again, like, you know, boys don't really appreciate it as long as their parents get them stuff. So when I see these kids now, like, you know, in my neighborhood, and they're walking around with, like, new, like, this dude had, like, this, I don't even know if it was a dude. He looked like a grown-ass man, but he probably was, like, 14 years old. This man had on, like, Tim's and shit like that, and you could tell, like, he recently got them because he still had, like, you could tell, like, a fresh pair of Tim's, right? This man just, like, casually is just, like, kicking up dirt and shit. I was like, what the fuck? You know how much Tim's cost? But again, but today in general, they don't appreciate anything because they're they're the product of the parents that made sure they created a lifestyle where their kids didn't have to quote unquote need for anything. So it's kind of like when I purchased my first pair of Timberlands, I was in the ninth grade, and I was like, oh my god, I felt like I bought my first Louis Vuitton. Like I really just. <laughs> $62 on one pair of shoes. Are you crazy? Yep. Now you can go in the regular shoe store and spend $180 on children's shoes. And I'm yeah. going to tell you right 
when it comes to like the girls' sneakers, Ari's dad goes ham on like Ari's sneakers being this brand, this brand, this brand. I'm mm-hmm. team Converse mom. I'm going to buy yep. these girls' covers until the casket drops. I'm going to go yep. for the sale that's like two for 60 and buy them sneakers because they don't care. Like, my kids aren't asking for certain brands. I, I never went my way to buy the girls' Jordans. Like I don't care about any of that when it comes to kids. When we go out, it's like... What Anya wants to put on, unless it's a special occasion, and I want her to wear something deliberate. But I've I've never been that parent. It's like, God, my child has to have this, has to have that. They grow out of it. It doesn't matter. And then you think about, oh, those ballet flats that are Gucci were one hundred and seventy five dollars. How many times has mm. that kid worn one time? Mm. Do you know I'm I can not. buy them so much? Clothes with one hundred and seventy five dollars, like, and is that? Yeah, that's why. Like certain stores, like for like Skylar, like people have been like, oh, we'll go to like Bye Bye Baby. Like, what the fuck for? I'm not buying all that shit. Like, no, right now, at eighteen months, I can't see it. I cannot justify the price for half that stuff. Yeah. So one one of my friends was like, well, Greg, like you know, we got a whole bunch of like Jordans and stuff for the baby. I was like, wait. What do you mean? They were like, oh, yeah, you know, our daughter, like, we bought her a whole bunch of Jordans when she was, you know, Skylar's age. And we held on to them in case we had another girl. I was like, that, that's smart in theory. But I'm also like, yo, what if you didn't have another girl? Though? <laughs> like, you just had a whole bunch of fucking, like, girl Jordans for no reason, right? So he come, he takes a photo, right? There's mm. 17 pairs of just, like, Nike. And I'm like, yo, like, and it's toddler Nikes. Like, remember, mm-hmm. like, when it was legal to, like, take, like, your baby shoes and, like, put them on your windshield? Like, that type of, that side. People still do it. Oh, and that's, it's, it's illegal here. So, what? I haven't seen it in years. Yeah. You will now, go to I'm prison. Thinking, like, that's the dumbest thing. If your child is not walking... Don't waste your time buying them shoes. You're not doing it for the kid. You're doing it for you. Because let me tell you something. It was socks and tights, socks and onesie. Mm-hmm. The winter time, fall time, it was a whole onesie suit. Like, why am I buying shoes? And then when you buy them cute shoes that you think they're going to put on, guess what? They skip that size and they never get to wear yep. it. And they're just sitting there with these shoes that you wanted them to wear that they can't fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was like, you know what? Never again. Won't get fooled again. But, you yeah. know, I told him I was like, you know, at that point, even like Skylar was a little bit bigger in shoes than the shoes that he had. So it's like, I can't take them. He was like, oh, well, you know, what I do is, you know, if I can't give them to you, I'll just put them on Facebook. I was like, that's good. But he was like, I'm just, you know, I'm gonna have somebody pay for it. I'm like nobody is paying for that size of shoe. Like 17 pairs of Jordans. Can't see it, especially in a toddler. I think he said like a toddler three. And I was like, nah. I can't do it. I'm sorry. Could not do it at all. Yeah. You know, we live and we learn. When you guys have yeah. your kids, y'all gonna, y'all gonna do it right, okay? Yeah. Hey, don't wish that on me. Not right. yet. Don't wish that on me yet. Because when it comes yeah, to everybody mom talking that I've done for Anya versus Ari, it was bare minimum, baby. Bare mm-hmm. Minimum. Uh, yeah, don't 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 wish that on me. My mom already she called today talking about are oh, y'all working on the second one this weekend. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Hey, don't call me. 
Yeah, she specifically, she was like, "Oh, this weekend, all y'all, you know, prepping for baby number two. Mom, get off my phone. I get, get off my goddamn phone. Stop playing you, with me." And for tomorrow, um, Super Bowl. Okay. Uh, we're gonna watch Euphoria, and we're gonna go to sleep, and then on because I think Valentine's Day is actually Monday, so mm-hmm. we're gonna go and get some like dinner or something on Monday, and just call it a day. Um. I don't know like what other people do for Valentine's Day, but when you've been with somebody for as long as we've been together, it's like, all right, like you know what they like, but you also know that they'll take shit back if they don't want it. Mm-hmm. So like shoes, I'll get her shoes or something like that. And she would have talked about them. She'd be like for weeks, oh, you know, I'm gonna get me a pair of shoes like these, blah, 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 blah. Go get her some shoes. She'll take them back. Oh, I, ain't, I really don't want them. I'm like, what the fuck? Like you, you told me. <laughs> Like, yo, you, you told me you wanted these shoes. So for Valentine's Day, keep it simple. We're going to eat some food. We're going to have some sex. And we're going to watch some TV. And then we're going to go to work on Tuesday. Like, Monday was just another day. Um, but she will get, like, the card and, the like, the flowers and stuff like that. Even though flowers are, like, a little bit more expensive than they were, I priced it out. The same flowers that I bought from, like, just a regular grocery store last year mm-hmm. are seven dollars more expensive so they were four i think it was 14 dollars last year when i bought them this year those same flowers without the vase mind you 21.88 and i was like like flowers up seven bucks and they were saying like oh well you know due to inflation no inflation has i will go into somebody's like flower bed and just pick out flowers tomorrow because i'm not paying 21 dollars for fucking flowers they're gonna die in fucking six hours no thanks let me tell you something i went into the grocery store today and i was like them prices way too high you'll need to cut it like what the the prices are just like shit now we really about to see who gonna die off because they can't afford to eat healthy because shit yeah it was wild i i I hate the grocery store. Um, I, I found out that a lot of the places I was going to, not mm-hmm. only were they expensive, but it was just like going into the stores already. Like for me, I used to like Whole Foods. I used to go in there often. And then when I started using Amazon Prime more and they bought Whole Foods, I was like, oh, I can just go and buy it from the app, right? The mm-hmm. issue is when you go and use like the app for Amazon and stuff like that, say like your produce, your milk and stuff like that. What they tell the people to do, and this is just a legend, this is what the driver told me. He was saying that he usually picks the closest to expiration date to help out Amazon and Whole Foods. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, yeah, he's told that, you know, get the closest to the expiration date because people end up having to go back and use stuff again. So I was like, I see why people uh. grocery shop for themselves now. Like, you imagine, like, what's today's date? Today's what, the 12th, I think? The 12th or the 13th? No, today's the 12th, right? So imagine. I order from uh, Amazon Prime to get Whole Foods milk, right? I want some organic milk, but it expires on the, say it expires on the 16th. But then there's another bottle that expires on like the 22nd. They will, by default, go and get the one that's from the 16th. And it's like, like, what are you doing? Or they'll get already ripe stuff thinking that people, like they want it like super ripe, like avocados and mangoes and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't personally want my stuff to be right when I get it because I'm shopping for the week ahead, not like two days, you know, that I get the shit. So the guy, when he brought the mangoes, I'm like, yo, they're already like, not even just ripe, Like they were just mushy. 
And I was like, did you feel these before you even like looked at them? And he was like, no. So from now on, I just got to go to the grocery store. Now I will say the one store I told myself I'm not going to periodically is fucking Trader Joe's. I can't stand that store. That mm. store is it's a, it's a little bit too much, man. It's like six aisles and it's always packed. Every time I've gone, it's been like a line wrapped around the corner to get into the store. So I'm like, you know what? Nah, I'm good. I'll stick to Aldi or uh, the place Mom's. Like I think it's like the the market that's organic or something. That mm. place when I went there it was it was fire. So if you have that where you are, try out Mom's. Mom's out uh, Aldi. And those, um, I'm, I'm trying not to be disrespectful, but there's like a, like an Asian market. Mm-hmm. If you have one, like where you are, like, oh, their produce is great. Like their organic stuff is good and it lasts forever. Um, I can't think of the name right now, but I know what you're talking about. We have two, we have an age part and we have, um, uh, something. That, that's what it was called. H Mart. H Yeah. I just yeah. couldn't remember. I was like, "Yo, like, I, I know I was about to tank it completely, but mm-hmm. that, that's the one." Yeah, that's the only place where I could get like oxtail and the red snapper fish. Mm-hmm. But um, when it like this grocery shit, shout outs to the young workers that have to work the self checkout line because when it comes to you having a coupon and the shit won't scan to take it. They just be like, don't worry about it. Just put it in the bag. <laughs> yep. Yep. And yep. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> so yep. that happened to me uh, last week when I went grocery shopping because he was so irritated by trying to figure out why the coupon <laughs> work. And he was like, how many of them you got? I said two. And it should equal the $8. He was like, man, don't worry about it. Just go ahead. Go. <laughs> See, that's real. That's real. You got to return a customer because I'm coming back every other week. Like, hey. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. They be feeling mm-hmm. stressed when they see me in there shopping by myself with the two girls. They just like, just take it. Just take it. Mm-hmm. See, that's um, real. See. But yeah, that's like the only catch of today. I took them to five and below and I told them they can have one thing. They cannot be candy and they cannot be a toy and they were stressed because. Oh, no. They wanted was a toy or candy, so Ari ended up getting her notebook, and Anya, she ended up getting, like, I think 100 color pencils. That's probably going to be all over my floor this week. Um, I got a shelf for the bathroom to put up. I got new rugs. That's how I know I'm getting old. I got excited over new white rugs that I got for the house. Um, oh, my Lord. A stereo, I bought myself a vinyl player. So oh, wow. I got some vinyl in here that I've been playing and it's Bluetooth. So now when I'm fucking, um, I can just oh, no. connect it in my room <laughs> instead of bringing in the Bluetooth top. <laughs> oh my God, yo. <laughs> Wait, hold on real quick. Let me, let me, let me just connect this real quick. <laughs> so now I can like, you know, mask the sounds of my bed, like, hitting the wall. Um, See? Look at you. What Out here sinning. I, I, um, did I do anything else? Man, I slept till 12 o'clock today. That shit was amazing. What's up, Black Casper? I slept till 12 o'clock today. It felt amazing. You know that sleep where you wake up and you don't know what day it is or where you at? And it's, mm-hmm. and it got really warm. That's why you got up, not because you wanted to. That's what kind of sleep I mm-hmm. had. 
Ari was like sleeping with her head on my stomach. I said, man, you so clingy. Um, and yeah, that was it for me today. I was in the house. Um, I'm chilling. I've been doing write-ups all day. I've been preparing for um, my anniversary show for Cozy Woman Podcast. And she gets it. It's four years. It'll be four years she gets it on the 26th and it'll be four years on the 18th for Cozy Womb Podcast. And so I've been going through like the old episodes, right? And the old episodes that converted from Anchor onto Red Circle, they have like, they don't have the the, the, uh, the ads in them, Greg. Oh no. Listen, so me choosing certain categories that I want to talk about as I'm choosing them, I'm specifically going to those episodes. Maybe I might edit the title. Maybe I might add in like a link to something recent and I'm updating the show notes and I'm adding in the ads for those episodes because I know people get to check yes. out the episode I did. I know people get to check out the episodes that I'm talking about in the anniversary episode. So I'm doing that. And then after we're done, I'm going to do the same thing for Cozy Moon Podcast. Um, on those shows, I'm going to release the anniversary merch. Um, mm-hmm. So I've just been prepping for that today. So it's been cool. It's been cool. Well, I saw your post. And this was on TikTok. I was like, oh, so my friend is going to end up hitting by July 4th, a thousand episodes. You think so by July 4th? I, I I think by July fourth. Mm. The, the the way it shapes out, like if you had if you put out two episodes a week, mm-hmm. um, and mind you, like you know, some weeks you'll probably put out like three or four. Like mm. that's easy to hit. Like that that's so easy. I'm like yo, like if you can hit a thousand by July. Mm. Okay. And I don't know if you accounted like the episodes you had done for this week already in that, but yeah, a thousand's achievable. Yeah. So like. I do. I'm. I wanted to just do the Wednesday, but I feel like Wednesday is not enough for like life that be going on and shit that I be wanting to vent about. Um, mm-hmm. I don't count the uh, ten minute bonus one that I do on Friday mornings because I just want to talk mm-hmm. about what's going on podcast wise for me with all of the shows. Um, those are bonus, oh, yeah. but at the same time. The 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 anniversary episodes I'm counting, um, the collab episodes I'm doing I'm counting. So I'd be surprised at the number when I see it. Um, I'm keeping tabs on Loudmouth number and all the other podcast numbers. But we are mm. creeping up. I just want to make sure that is growing in the right direction. I've been googling. Mm places to get credit for the episodes that already been out. Um, this is website that I'm going to talk to you about in um, text mm-hmm. where you can yeah. make sure you're copywriting covering it to make sure you're getting paid if somebody uses like a clip or some shit. Um, okay. uh, Ari dad told me about it. He was like, you gotta make sure like you copyright it that way. If somebody uses anything of it, you get paid. And this oh, cover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, because I'm I'm trying to get paid. Paid is the word. I'm trying to see too many people 
like now what they what I've seen a couple people do is they put like clips of other people's podcast on like YouTube and shit like that. And I'm like, oh, nah, that's the last thing I need. Like, my content being on somebody else's YouTube and they getting, like, fed money. No, yeah. thank you. Give me the coins. Yeah. Give me the coins. Did you see the update oh. on Instagram? No, I haven't seen it yet. What so, they do? so when I was doing, like, a clip, you know how I like to do, like, a pre-clip of what show we about to do on Instagram? Mm-hmm. It allows you to put in the time that, the sh- that whatever you're talking about is going to start. So I put in oh, the my. time. For, for us on this show earlier this week, 9.30 is when the show's going to start. And so it reminds people if they want to be reminded of the show and what time it starts. So that's a good thing. Oh, see, so yeah, Instagram. Yeah. yeah. I, I will say they're trying to keep up with TikTok. Uh, a lot of people done moved on from mm-hmm. Instagram. I'm having friends be like, yo, like, you know, just hit me up. Like Now people are using like Signal and Telegram more now. But mm-hmm. A couple of my friends are moving, they're moving to TikTok or they have a TikTok. They just don't post because there's no, like most people now just post on Instagram stories, they don't post on an actual timeline. Mm-hmm. So people are trying to figure out how to actually post things. And I was like, I don't know. So a lot of people are just talking to back channels of like, you know, those apps because nobody wants to go to Twitter, which is crazy because I'm like, that's where it's lit at. But Instagram, they're trying to get people. So maybe like that feature, I haven't checked it out yet, but I'm going to definitely look it up. When we, you know, finish up tonight. I feel like right now your best bet with Instagram is to do lives, is mm-hmm. to post reels about your shit and tag it up and to engage with other people who are creating. If you're not doing that and you just think you about to uh gif it up all over your page mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. got this going on but don't nobody see it, don't know you're not in nobody's face. You're not mm-hmm. going to traction. And then with TikTok, this is something I hate. I hate when people follow me on TikTok and they have a picture up. The username is like 5,000 numbers and letters. Uh, mm-hmm. So they didn't even care to put a name, legitly, that you can change an update on TikTok. And then you have no post. Oh, see, nah. Mm-mm. I don't want anybody following where I can't get a sense of who you are and what you're about. That's creepy. And then on top of that, if you do have posts and it's not related to anything I be on, I'm not following back, but you are welcome to follow my page. I only want to engage with people who are like-minded, who are focused on something that's interesting so we can actually engage in discussion. If we can't, I am not a lurker. I do not lurk on people's pages. Same thing with Instagram. If your page is private and you're trying to follow me, you are blocked. If you hit my DM with a hey there, you are blocked. Those are straight uh, Mm -hmm. spam-ish actions, and I want no parts. What's up, Tierra? So, um, yeah, there's that. Yeah, when, when it comes to Instagram, my page is locked on purpose. Uh, I, I need one platform that I'm not accessible, where I should be able to still post the things I want to post and have fun. And that's what Instagram is for me. Like, if I got my kids' photos up there, the wife's photos of their family, mm-hmm. fo- like, I do not need people doing the doxing shit and all that. Like, I have to have a safe space. Facebook yeah. used to be my safe space, but for me, I don't use Facebook. I use Instagram. And now I really don't use Instagram to post anything for real, for real. 
but I'm starting to notice that since my page is private, more people want in. And I was like, okay, like I know like the YouTube, the podcast and stuff like that. Like people do want to add me, just add the podcast. Like I'll still be talking on there. I just rather keep my personal stuff personal because what happens is people getting their accounts flagged, getting their accounts swiped and shit like that. One, I've had too many friends recently be like, yo, like, you know, they had an open profile and their shit got swiped because they, they clicked the link in a DM or they even looked at a DM. Now I'm like, you know what? I'm mm-hmm. good. I'm good. And then one of them, like my friends from high school, all of her Instagram photos were taken and put on a whole nother profile that she didn't even know. They added all her friends and stuff, but she was saying like, hey, delete the other one. So she was wondering why her follower list kept dropping. And she was like, mm-hmm. yo, like a lot of the people that, you know, I was following, I don't see them anymore. And it's because your page got hacked and they're telling people in the DMs like, yo, like follow this new page. Don't follow the old page. Go and unfollow that one. So now everybody who follows you is on the spam page. I'm like, nah, I'll just leave my shit private. That's the only measure of protection I have for Instagram. So I'll just continue doing that. What's up, free mind? Um, it's uh one of those things where when I had to switch Cozy Womb page to a new page and mm-hmm. she did it because they hacked my thing and start over. If I had older old people that were following my old pages and they still don't know that I have a new page because my shit was spammed or hacked. I don't want you anyway. Because you're not you're not on my page for the reason you should be on my page. The people who move with me and notice and listen to an episode I'm like, okay, I'll do that. And switched over, now I can see the real numbers that matters. And that's what it is for me. It's not about yeah. Um, how many followers do you have? How many this do you have? How many posts do you have? Mm-hmm. Um, what's your engagement like? If it ain't authentic, real engagement in people that really like the show or like what I'm doing or are consistent, what is the purpose of having you on my page? Agreed. Agreed. And that's coming from me, who I got like thousands of followers on like IG. I couldn't tell you what half the motherfuckers are doing these days i don't know what their family look like what they look like they they just follow and the reason for that was when everybody made that mass exodus from twitter people like oh we're just gonna go over to instagram it's more lit over there twitter you know was blocking people and stuff like that so people came over to instagram so i had all those you know twitter followers just go and be like hey we'll follow on ig the issue is now people just don't use social media. The ones who are just like, you know what? I'm a little bit too old for it. I'm 34, 35, something like that. I'm not mm-hmm. using social media anymore. They completely stop using social media, but their profiles are out. And Twitter doesn't like erase your profile until after, I think it's like five years if you don't have any activity. But mm-hmm. Instagram is forever. Like even after you die, they keep your fucking Instagram up until a family member physically like deactivates that profile. So just be mindful of that. But for me, I was like, okay, I'll just keep those followers. I just unfollow everybody that I don't follow back. And the reason why I do that is because I started following a lot of butts, a lot of like half naked women and shit. I was like, yo, why the fuck am I following 6,000 people? My, mm. my timeline was just nothing but cheeks. Just cheeks <laughs> work. And I was like, you know what? Fuck this. Nah, let me go ahead and unfollow all that shit. So I unfollowed all of now. Rebuke, yo. Yes. yes. Now I'm 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 sure Drake from Everything Culture would absolutely hate the fact that I had to deal with that, Isn't and it? you know I, I, but I had to. It was not fun, Shan. 
opening up my phone while I'm like, you know, going to like the courthouse to go do something or dropping off mail and I got Great Instagram geez. open. All you see, man, nothing but ass. And I'm not <laughs> talking about the NBA. I was just like, yo, what the fuck? Right. Like, I'll be. I'd be in Target and all of a sudden scrolling Instagram, the person in them self-checkout line behind me. Oh, I follow her too. No, no, you don't. What you, no. <laughs> no. Nobody. Uh, all right. So we did a lot of catch up. Yes. Let's get into the show. So it's Loud Mouth Stereo for those who came in. What's up, Ray? What's up, Tierra? And uh, that is Greg from Young Black and Bother Podcast. I am Shannon. It's a podcast. And um, tonight we want to discuss, can you handle constructive criticism? Now, everyone, I believe, is their worst critic, no matter what you do or what you say. You have like this automatic expectation of yourself. And you know when you truly try to do something versus when you slacken. We both do. Mm -hmm. You do and I do. And Mm -hmm. I think... Clash of the worlds is usually um, when someone other than you shares their opinion about your work, your performance, or your personality. And the question then becomes, can you handle outside opinions people have about you? This is a stereo. We're going to get into it. Y'all are free to come in the messages and drop a message about it, your experience with it. Um, But yeah, that's what we're going to get into. So my personal thought about criticism, period. I think criticism is necessary. I think it's hella healthy. Um, It's basically the the human pulse of engagement of your growth. Your growth, whoever you want to be, how you want to become, whatever. And constructive criticism is in hopes to make what you're already doing better. So my thing is like, why are people getting upset? Oh, and you're asking me this question, right? Yes. What, um, what, what are your ooh. thoughts on criticism or constructive criticism first? Mm, um, damn, that's, that's, you, you start with the heavy question. Um, um, for me, like, I think, like, criticism is, like, like, I would, like, validate it, like, there's some type of trust that's established, right? So, like, criticism for me, in my personal opinion, is, like, where I usually validate the criticism if there's, like, trust established between myself and that person. Mm-hmm. But if not, I try to, like, look from another perspective to see if I can understand it the way that that person's trying to convey it to me. So like criticism to me is a way for me to know if I'm doing things right. It doesn't make, I hope that made sense. Like, it's weird. Like maybe it's like, I use criticism to like always try to improve or to make sure I'm doing things right. I never but, look at criticism as like, I'm doing something wrong. It's like, okay, like how can I improve on this? How can I make this right? I never just see somebody like, Oh, well you did this. And that's the criticism. I'm like, well, damn, it must be wrong. I'm like, no, like, they're actually telling me something instead of, like, kissing my ass. Does it make sense? Yeah. Like, that, that's my, like, thoughts on criticism, like, overall. It's, it's hard. That was a really good question. I feel like, fuck, I got to go and, like, think that out. Because some people, yeah. I think 
people automatically take criticism as, oh, you hating on me, or I got haters, or you just don't want to see good things happen for me, so you nitpicking. And I feel like if a tip or a word of advice is coming from someone that you respect, someone that you look up to, honestly, you're not going to take it as disrespect or a jab or they're coming for you. You're going to take it like, and I'll talk about also the way that you deliver criticism because that can rub people wrong too. But you're going to take yeah. it as this person wants to see me do better or delivers deliver this better. Like for you with me, I feel like you do that really well where you'll peep something that I want to do and you'll think, mm -hmm. okay, what do I know that can help Shan do this better, efficient and faster that will help mm -hmm. her? Like, even if I'm, let's say I'm looking for like a different, um, platform to edit audio. You're always sending mm -hmm. me what you find. And I'm not taking it as, Oh, he hates where I edit stuff. No, you're trying to find an efficient way for me to get what I need to get done because you know my work ethic and you're mm -hmm. trying to find an easier way for me to do it and you're sending me a suggestion. So I'm not going to take that as a jab. But some people, exactly. because they're ultra sensitive or they are already insecure about the work that they have done or out, every mm -hmm. suggestion or other thought that's not theirs is a jab, is a hater. And that, that's not true. That, that bothers me. Like everything you're saying, I agree with. You would say the term, like the term hater. Like from what I know historically, haters don't tell you what they hate about you. I've never had a, a hater tell me they hate me or tell me what you know, their criticism is. It's just like, yo, like, you know, they don't fuck with you and they're never going to tell you why. So there's never a criticism. It's just like a hate. There's a hatred there that is never going to be resolved or they're never going to be understood. It's just a like a dislike for you. So when it comes to me, when it comes to criticism, like the people who criticize you, like in particular, like they want to see you improve. They want to see you be a better person. That's why I've always hated when people be like, I got haters. I'm like, oh, like there's people who hate you, but they're not going to say anything. The people who are actually talking about you, they want you to improve. Do you want, how can I put it? Like, they want you to improve, but they don't want you to be better than them, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's how maybe I'm seeing the glass half full, but say, for example, there's like two women, right? They're best friends, but that best friend, yeah, they always want you to be like on par with them, but not better than them. Like, all right, like, cool. Like, you know, we're both smart, we're both educated. Like, they want to see you do good, but at the end of the day, they still want, they need like somebody that's like climbing the ladder with them. So they can feel like they have to go higher. They have to achieve more. That to me is not a hater. That's a person who's like, you know, I, I see where you're going and I want to be there with you. Or, you know, I see where you're going. I want to get there faster than you. We can both get there. We just have to do that. That to me is considered like constructive criticism. But when people are talking about, oh, I got haters. It's like, oh, what do they hate? I don't know. They just, you know, just because I'm pretty, they hate me. Like, what the fuck? Like, that's not, <laughs> that's not a criticism. Because you could be pretty as shit and just be ugly on the inside. So that's not a criticism for me. That's just you having, I can't even find like a term for it. Like you have like these internalized like thoughts of people like 
just have it vitriol to you know towards you and they don't it's just all in your head like maybe that's just me thinking about it a lot of people's constructive criticisms that they think they're getting from other people it's just all in their head so that i mean some people are legit like that like ari's dad i if Mm. i tell him something about somebody that i know like i know not i see and i remember them like i know these people and he'll automatically think a negative thought about what could possibly be happening or what they could possibly mm-hmm. be into. I'm just like, why you go there? No. Oh, but yeah, yeah. It's always like somebody projecting that. So it's kind of like when it comes to like your work or who you are, you have to have what they call a quote unquote thick skin. Yep. And the thoughts and the comments that only matter are the ones that you value from the people you value. You can't value everybody's thought and everybody's opinion about you or else you'll never have an opinion about yourself by yourself. Oh, I got to clip that. Fuck that. that. That's a bar right there. Let's, let me go ahead and clip that because that's fire. Like, because just... T-Pain, um, he has, I think he has like a podcast now. And I can some clips on um, TikTok, and he was saying how a lot of people were happy for him only because he was doing music just enough to be up under them or not better than them. But once he mm-hmm. branched off and he was doing something more, then that's when he became a problem or uh, it was like negativity coming. And there's a lot of people that you'll be around that, like you said, are happy with you as long as you stay yep. uh, at their side in life and not above them in life. Like, Agreed. for instance, my one of my best friends, she just had her 30th birthday party and she also got engaged that same night. And I'm just sitting in there and I could feel I could feel people who were like truly happy for her versus people who are like, uh, I know why he gave her that ring or uh I, and I'm just like, ew, like damn, like I am super happy for her and her getting engaged and her being happy with people around her that are also supposed to be happy for her should be it it should be enough but with other people's happiness comes other people's hate bingo but you know that's just life but at the same time whoever doesn't like me is never any of my business it's not your business it's not tiara's business Mm -hmm. who is for you and willing to give you insight on how to be a better you is for you and those are the people who you should allow to give you constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. They can't, can't fight anyway. Listen, it can't be from the comments under your post. It can't be from the reviews of your podcast all the time because you don't know what this person's mindset was into when they was listening to this. Maybe they got triggered. I don't know. It can't be from, you know, nobody's promoting my product. Nobody's buying my product. I sold 15 books today. Look at that. I mean, not today, this week, right? But I don't 
to say that I know everybody that purchased a book, I probably don't. Why they purchased a book, I don't know until they tell me. But everybody who has let me know that they purchased the book, they received the book, they send me a post, and I tell them exactly this. Thank you. I appreciate you for getting the book. Please tell me how it works out for you, and please let me know if there's anything that you would like to see in the book that was not in the book that would help. Mm -hmm. I'm giving them an invite to give me constructive criticism, but I can't give somebody an invite to criticize that book that hasn't purchased that book, hasn't looked into that book, hasn't utilized what that book is for to take their opinion as, oh, no, you should have had this section. This section wasn't in there. So, you know, people are not going to like it. Who's people? Exactly. Who are they? Right. That's, so That's crazy. My, my issue with how people take constructive criticism are these things, okay? And we can elaborate on some. We can talk about any personal uh, experiences with this shit because I have my own. Um, people usually take constructive criticism in a way where they get loud back at you when you're not loud. Mm -hmm. They uh, don't listen to what you're saying. I think people need to take the information in first before they yell back. Um, they raise their voices. They slap their hands. They talk while you're talking. Some of them throw shit. Um, they get very disrespectful and throw unnecessary jabs that ain't even about what y'all talking about. That happened to me with someone who I consider to be a best friend. And now we're just at a point where we're cordial. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm not going to sit here and be like, it didn't rub me the wrong way because it did. Because it was a situation where she asked me to be her accountability person. Mm -hmm. So get a project that she's been like dragging her feet on done. And I agreed. And we both set a day to get information on what it would take for her to get what she wanted to do done, right? It wasn't, you have like next Friday to get this all complete. It was, can you research the website or what other options are out here for you to get this part of the project done, right? That's, that's it. You can do that on your phone. You can do it on your laptop. You can do it after you get home from work and you have all week. And she agreed to it. So then all I did was Thursday night, I reminded her, hey, blank, just a reminder, make sure you have X, Y, and Z for tomorrow when I call you after seven because I work. All of this came. Man, I understand that. I got so much going on this week. We're going to have to push it back to Monday. I'm not going to be able to do it. Not everybody works as fast as you do. Um, you, you Like, not everybody does stuff as fast as you do. And then she went here. She was like, you know, I just feel like even with your books, when you put your books out years ago, you should have waited and not put them out, but you put them out anyway, so you rush things. I don't rush things like you. That's some, now that's a fucking thing. Right there. Like, Mind what, you. What, 
Mind you, every book that I put out years ago, she was the first one to purchase and the first one to congrats me on it and not give me any like constructive criticism on the book at that time. But for you to hold that in years later and I'm helping you just inch your way to finishing this project and instead of you take accountability and say, you know what, I did agree that I will have this done by Friday and I'm not showing up on my end and you got two kids and you got work and you still making time to have this call with me to research this shit and I'm still not showing up for myself, I'm going to throw a jab at something you've done so you could back off of me. So after she, we had that conversation, it was like, okay, so you can do this however you need to do this. This is like what I'm telling her. I'm I'm done with it. And yes. we didn't talk for months. We didn't talk for months. And it was like long text being sent to me. No apology. But then later on, when she saw that, like, oh, she, she like done. It was more so, if I offended you in any way, I'm sorry. That is the lamest, most, <laughs> right, most, uh, okay, let me just say sorry because you feel away, so you can't say that I didn't say sorry type of shit. And I hate that because I'm the type of person that, if you're disrespectful or you came out of pocket, you need to own it mm-hmm. and don't give me a fake apology because that makes it worse. And and there, I feel like there needs did. to be something. There needs to be something said about apologies and how people apologize. You know, people like you know you can't. You don't have to accept my apology. This is how I apologize. Yeah, but in theory, like. You know what you're doing. Like, you're admitting to your fault. You're not apologizing. And there's a difference. That, what you just said, that's admitting guilt. That's not an apology. Right. <laughs> so, so I, my thing was like, I, first of all, I'm not going to accept this bullshit that she just gave me. And on top of that, you're a writer. You have you have a bachelor's and you have a master's. Mm-mm-mm. Like, so I was like, I'm not about to take the bullshit. And I was just very, like, distant. And that was, like, the beginning of, like, this COVID shit, like, two years ago. And so when the COVID shit really got bad to where businesses were shutting down, and I know she didn't drive and she lived in Atlanta, I went to her apartment to check up on her. It wasn't to recover... The bullshit that she did, it was just a checkup because I know you're here and I'm human. So I feel like she took it as, oh, she's not mad anymore. Thank you for coming. All of this. And I'm just like, eh. And so now it's just weird because every once in a while she'll text me like a link to something that creatively, an opportunity I might need to look into or an opportunity up for this, which I appreciate. But you know how people send you things or try to start up 
a conversation because they don't have anything else to to use. I feel like it's that, and I'm and I'm very like thanks. I'll look into it. Appreciate it. I'll look into it. So because I don't know how to have phony relationships with nobody, man or woman. I don't ha- know how to look over a character flaw um, and have a relationship with someone who doesn't want to admit that they are flawed in this area and they need to correct it. And I'm the type of person where I don't have to be nasty to you. I don't have to be rude to you. But what I don't have to do is I don't have to engage with you engage with you. I don't have to share my happiness with you. I don't have to share my milestones with you. I don't have to share my troubles with you. And I don't have to share the fact that I need help from somebody because I don't want you to be it because you are not in a space with me mentally to do that because you can't even get out your own way. But that's why they want to get in your way. The thing is, people can't, they can't stand somebody who honestly wants resolve. They want people who like chaos. We all have been in that like situation before, but your situation, it's, it's kind of isolated since it hasn't happened to me. Mm-hmm. But hearing this story, it's like, like, are you here for the betterment of me? Or are you just here because you feel like I actually make you a better person? Like, it. <laughs> It's a, it has to be a trade-off there. Like, what what do you do with that person, though? Like, you, you exactly. don't want to... So, uh, let, me, let me just ask you. I, I don't know your dynamic of your friendship with that person, but mm-hmm. do you feel like you need that person around because you see what they could be? Or do you keep that person around because they know you enough that you can't let them go? I don't do anything with this person. Mind you, this is a person where I can pull up, pick her up. She can stay at my house while I'm at work. She can stay and keep the girls. There has been weekends where at her her sister's house in North Georgia, she kept the girls there. She has no kids. But I've known her since college. Mm-hmm. Like, I know her. She knows me. We're very involved. The girls call her on their iPads. Um, they talk to her on Google Duo. And it's so funny because Anya will come up to me and she'll be like, are you still friends with such and such? And I'm just like, sort of. I said, um, we're not as close as we used to be because something was done that I didn't like or appreciate. Um, so I keep, I'm cool with her. I don't want to see anything bad happen for her. If she if she got the dream job that she wanted tomorrow, I will be congratulating her with no malice. If she, you know, got engaged, I will be congratulating to her with no malice. Like, I want to see her get everything in life that she wants to get. But at the same time, once I see somebody's character flaw, that they do not want to change or they don't want to stand up in and be like, I'll own this. I distance myself because that's how I can cope with my sanity with that person. Hmm. So for me, it's kind of like, and the fact that we have mutual friends 
too is kind of weird. So I remember one time, one of our mutual friends that also went to college with us was like, hey, I'm having lunch at such and such with blank. Um, if, you cool, if you're free and cool, you could come. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I don't, she doesn't know like the full extent from my side of what happened because I'm the type of person where I'm not about to have a conversation about some someone or something that happened that you also know without this person being here. Because I'm not going to say anything different that I want to say in front of your face. Like, I'm not no sit on the phone, let me talk about this girl or let talk about this man behind their back type of person. I'm not that. I'm going to tell you straight why you're sitting here with us. Right? Mm. But my thing is, like, I don't, I didn't want, like, the tension of, okay, what's this awkward silence? And she didn't know. And I did, and I'm not at a point where I feel like there is something that I need to do to fix this. The fixing is not on my side. The fixing is on your side because you came out of pocket exactly. and you didn't own up to the fact that you came out of pocket. While I'm trying to help you because she was like, um, how about we be each other's accountability people? And I'm just like, well, at that time, I was I only I had the three podcasts. We didn't have Loudmouth for real yet. We were doing it sometimes, but we didn't have Loudmouth. Yeah. Had three podcasts. I said, "Well, I do the three podcasts. I was working on the fourth book at the time, and I was working mm-hmm. the two jobs. So I, I told her, I said, I don't really need an accountability person because I'm I'm that person for myself. But I'm open." You know. Your accountability person because you need it and you told me that you need it and I'm fine with being that person but because I'm being that for you does not give you the right to attack past things that I've done that you held in and not said no there are so many fucking people who do that shit Um, I'm not even going to speak on my stories because I got plenty but people who will go and tell you like to be an accountability partner or just honestly just hold things in that they should have said but they wait until you don't do something for them and then all of a sudden they just like unload the clip and it's like like where was all this shit at that makes me feel like yo you didn't fuck with me to begin with yes like you've been you've been holding this shit in for what are you my man or what are you my friend or what like, uh, just not even a, I don't even want to go into story time. There is no story time this week. But basically, like, one of my friends, I probably said this before, like, he told the best lady, like, oh, I don't really fuck with Greg like that. Mm-hmm. All I said, all I said to her about that situation is he'll need me before I need him. Mm-hmm. And it happens like that for a lot of people. Those people who have all that vitriol in their heart, all that anger, and more importantly, like, the way that they treat you isn't the way that you treat them. They need you. And the moment that you go and say, you know what? I'm going to do my own thing. Then. I'm going to leave you right where you stand. And I'm going to let you figure it out for yourself. I'm going to let you, like you said, Shane, be your own accountability, you know, accountability partner. Mm-hmm. Once you do that and they realize they have nobody else they can go to, they come crawling back. They, they want to make it right. They want to figure things out. They want to be the better friend. And it's like, yo, you can't be the better friend. You've never been the better friend. You've mm-hmm. never been the accountability. You aren't accountable for yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's where it starts. 
So it's like, what what do you do with that person? That's why I was asking, like, oh, like, like, would you like put yourself in a position to be like with that person? Like, do you need that person? The, the answer, in my personal opinion, from hearing this, you don't need that person. You're friends with that person, and I'm sure she's a really nice person. I, I don't know this lady at all, mm-hmm. but she's around for she's around in your life for a reason. The issue: if you're a woman over forty dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. For me, you know, looking from the outside, looking in, it's like, if they can do it once, they'll do it again. It's just a matter of time. But I know you, and I know that you are a good judge of character and a good person. You read people very well. So it's like, mm-hmm. all right, the first time I'm going to let you slide. I'm going to let you get that shit off. But if it happens again, you have to go. Yeah. Like, you, you have to fucking go. And it happens. Like, we all get, you know, I don't want to say, like, you know, we get played a fool in it like that. But it happens where it's like, oh, like, we know that person could be better. They just don't know that shit yet. And mm-hmm. I think that's that circumstance you have right there with the whole, like, account- like, oh, how can I be your accountability partner when, like, half of the accountability comes on you? I don't need you to be accountable for me because in my personal opinion, again, last thing I'm going to say, she wasn't trying to be your accountability partner. She was trying to measure you. She was trying to be accountable for your fuck up. So the moment you fucked up or you did something, she can go and say, you know what? I'm doing better. I could do this better. I'm doing this and she's not doing that. People do that shit, not realizing like, oh, like, you know, you're, you're throwing glass, like you're throwing like rocks of glass. Like, what are we doing? Like, but I ain't gonna say too much more. My thing I, is like with with all relationships, I don't want to have to question mm-hmm. your thoughts. I don't want to have to question your motives. And once you put me in a position where I feel like I have to question it, then I can't legitimately, even if that's a word or not, it's a word tonight. I can't it's sit a word here. Tonight. Fuck that. <laughs> be like, I'm. I can have a hundred percent. I'm all in relationship with you because there is always going to be a percentage of a me that I'm not willing to give you to protect myself. Yep. And so like, even with, even with like, for instance, my DP, you're not my man. So when I'm in my feelings, I can't talk to you about that. When I have like relationship questions, I can't talk to you about that. When I need things fixed in my house that a quote unquote man should be able to do for me, I'm not calling you for that. Be- and I, and when I have like happy milestone moments in my life, I'm not calling you or texting you about that. If you find out, you know, by seeing it or it coming across something that you see, fine. But I'm not being like, hey, let me tell you what happened to me. No. Because when you do that with people that you set boundaries for and you cross them, then shit gets like kind of murky on like, what are what are we doing? What are we? And I don't want that because I have a clear cut idea of what this person is for, where they are in my life and where they cannot be. And that is very important for me to set. So a lot of times if 
you know, I am in certain compromising positions and we might lock eyes and he'll be like, why were you looking at me like that? Hmm. There's a lot, there's a lot to be said, Greg, but because there's a boundary for you, I cannot share this information. (laughs) This is G classified, you know what I'm saying? Because that's not for you. You're not in a position to handle that for me. And being able to check my emotions on where people are for me and where they're not for me is very important to me. Yeah, Yeah, it's all about what you deem important. And when I say what, it can be people included. So again, like your, your battle is your battle to fight. I just, you know, I'm looking at it from what you're presenting to me and I'm like, I'm like damn, like, it hurts it. Like, I want you to just... Oh no! What happened? He's reading... My... Okay, what happened? Oh, I with... got, got, got a phone call from my father. But basically, like, I, I just, I want her to be a better friend to you than you... Actually, I just want her to match your friendship. I, mm-hmm. That's a better way of putting it. Just match the friendship. I feel like I feel like she's a great person, um, but when it comes to women, it's a common issue where there's always like a bump in the uh, communication or the relationship, whatever it is. Where in her past work, it has been like. I don't know. They just stop talking to me or they stop fucking with me or, you know, they just treat me like this in the workplace. And I feel very like over there. And I'm just like, well, I don't know what that is because I don't, I, I don't work with her. You know what I'm saying? But this is the first time I had to see, like feel it, hear it. Like engage in your experience. And I'm just like, damn, she really doesn't see the error and how she comes off verbally and how people take it when you hold honest um, thoughts in about something you had all the space to share, but you held it in. So it's kind of like, why would I engage or move forward in life with this person and think, oh, today was a great day. We had so much fun. And then that person goes home and they're on the phone call with somebody else. Like, oh my God, let me tell you about this shitty ass day I had with this girl. Like, eh, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with that. I want somebody that can tell me up front their truest thoughts at the time that we are both experiencing them because you, every everybody has a right to have their own perspective, their own opinions, and you can share it. And for you to know me for so many years, over a decade, and work with me and do projects with me in college and you feel like you had to hold that in for so long and then throw it as a jab because you wanted to be defensive over the way that you didn't show up for you while I'm helping you? Oh, hell no. So, again, when it comes to constructive criticism, people get very disrespectful and throw unnecessary jabs. Um, I think people have to stop thinking that everybody is a hundred percent against them when they're giving them constructive criticism. People shut down completely because they feel offended by
by the criticism that they're getting. My mother is like that. My mother will straight shut down completely mm-hmm. not to you, not engage with you. And that, But once she feels like she's backed in the corner and she needs help at the last minute. And when I say this, I'm talking about at the last minute. You could be headed out the door, one foot outside, key in hand. She could be like, can you pick up my medicine for me? Sis, you haven't she- talked to me all week. Oh, I will. Okay, a little bit of transparency here. Um, the the, the entire—I don't want to say the entire wedding, but mo- most of the wedding planning stuff like that. Like my mom didn't get over the understanding that this is the groom side and the bride side is completely different. You have no involvement in that. Um, and my mom, she's been married before, and she has been chasing that high. You know what I mean? And for our wedding, she was telling me like tradition this, tradition that, and stuff like that. To the point I was like, Mom, I would like to have my wedding on my terms. And she shut down. She hung up the phone. She didn't speak to me for four months. To the point where I was like, yo, like, is my mom still good with me? Like, 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 I would like to walk her down the aisle, like not her walking me down the aisle, but like I want my mom to walk with me, like locked arms, right? And I had to come to terms. I'm like, yo, like I'm about to be in a situation where I have to apologize to you mm. for some shit you did, and that, that's why when you like brought up moms, I'm like, yo, like parents are, are those types. So it's like, yo, like you have to apologize for them being wrong. It's just mm. you didn't understand. It's like, yo, what the fuck? Like, what did I do? <laughs> So, like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, like, derail the conversation. It kind of hurt because I'm like, yo, like, I've been in that situation. Like, I didn't do anything but be an adult. But you see me as your child. And you're you're within your right to do that. The issue is, like, we're talking about something that matters to me. And you're making it about you. And when you don't get your way, you've pretty much, like, you, you put, you threw yourself in a box. You close it up. And you stapled it from, you know, you shut it from the inside so nobody can get in until you want them to get in. Or they have to apologize. And then you come out. It's like, but what did they do? What, what did they do? So for me, my, like, answer, tying it into the show, is I gave her pretty much constructive criticism that mm-hmm. benefited me in an event that was for me. She didn't like that. So as a result, she shut down. So it's like, what what do you do when you give somebody constructive criticism and they shut down? It's like, like it, and it's actual like constructive criticism that it's not applying it to them, but applying it to like your situation. So when it comes to parents, like if you say, you know what, here's what I think would work best, but they don't want to hear it. And friendships, this would work best, but they don't hear it. Like, what do you do when you actually have something that could benefit both parties, but they don't want that shit? Like, is there a medium you can meet or is it like, nah, like they got to have their way in order for both of you to be happy? I, I know feel, it's a loaded question, but that's just. I feel oh, like man. young and old, when it comes to pride and ego and taking constructive criticism, our parents come from an era where it was just like, this is just how they are. Don't worry about it. Work with it. And I'm from my era of, let me tell you that there's a better way. I'm not saying that 
you're a horrible person, but I'm saying there's a better way to do this. There's a better way to communicate. And you not talking and you shutting down when I am talking to you and I am not raising my voice and you can share your opinion, you're not helping yourself because you are going to what? You're going to need me before I need you. There you go. So, that's the thing. Ooh, my, I got heavy. <laughs> Ooh, my lord. <laughs> that's the thing. And the faster you learn how to take constructive criticism, the better. And when I talk about this, I am also going to talk about how to give constructive criticism uh, to people to help them be better. So, you want to be open-minded. You want to be willing to accept what is being said. And you want to focus on the fact that the person that is saying this, if they really didn't fuck with you, they wouldn't take out the time to tell you these things, first and foremost. So there's no reason for you to be disrespectful. There's no reason for you to throw anything. There's no reason for you to make a scene. There's no reason for you to stomp off. And there's no reason for you to just feel like somebody is coming to attack you because they're not. Okay. Now, how to take constructive criticism better. Listen to the people that you respect first and foremost. Stop being ready to attack first. And I think people who are in the position to take constructive criticism, they need to think about a few things. Do I want to be better? Because if you don't want to be better, we don't even need to have this conversation. Um, is it is what they're saying a known weak area for me? Because I know my weak areas. I know my weak areas. So if you're bringing to light something that is a weak area for me, if I'm not wanting to hear it, clearly it's because it's the truth. Clearly is because you also see this weak area. But you might, at the end of this conversation, provide me a solution to fix it. But if I am super defensive while you're telling me that, hey, I noticed this, we're not even going to get a solution. It's not going to get anywhere. And you just going to be stuck at square one. Exactly. Okay. It's just the way it is. Like, you just have to leave people. You have to fucking leave people. I'm saying that like I'm an expert at it, and I'm not, because I definitely have not left some people. I've been letting them strag along, but Shank, you're talking to me right now. Like, yeah. like I feel like I'm, like, processing the information. Like, you know what? Like, fuck it. You gotta apply it. Like, you gotta apply this shit now. So, yeah. if y'all are listening to this, and you were a friend of Greg's, and we no longer fuck with each other, just know, like, Shan is pretty much telling me that it's you she's talking about. And it's your fault. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> um, I believe in everything, whether it's work, relationships, raising kids, um, buying something that's super expensive and, and, and super life-changing, like a uh, property or a house or um, investing in yourself long-term. Leveling up is a challenge. So if you can't take constructive criticism, maybe you should work in a place where all you need to do is clock in and push a button. Mm -hmm. All right. And, and I think people, everybody needs to watch their tone 
remain solution based. You know, remember that this is not a fight. Do not get upset. Do not continue the discussion if you're upset and be receptive. Yes. And this also, you got anything else to say about that? You said the magic word for me, receptive. Okay. Being receptive is the, the year 22, uh, 2022 term for me. I said I would be more receptive to new information and slow down and just receive. Mm-hmm. A lot of people need to do the exact same thing. Sometimes just slow down and receive it. Like, just some good shit you can learn. You just got to want it. You have to want to receive that shit. So Earlier, yeah. I was into your um, latest episode on Young Black and Bother where mm-hmm. the girls was talking about the girl that was on TikTok crying about the fact that she's scared that she won't be able to have kids because she doesn't have anybody. And mm-hmm. they gave like the spotlight to you to say something. And you was like, you know what? I'm going to let y'all have this one because yeah. I'm going to be a better listener than I'm going to be a talker on this. No, like, I'm telling like, uh, in, in previous years and without like saying too much, actually not even previous years, actually recently. So Monday, one of our uh the, the lady co-host on our show she went in on me because i was being a podcaster so being entertaining and stuff like that mind you she's missed a couple episodes right so she misses a couple episodes and then she randomly comes in and she, she's telling us what to do with the show as if like yo like wh- where the fuck you been at right and it's no disrespect to her but it's like oh like you can't miss like four episodes and come back and all of a sudden you got shit to say so like, mind you, this is all on the air. Like the episode is going to come out next week. So I feel like it's something that needs to be said. So she says something that it, it hit me and it, like it stung a little bit. But then I had to like sleep on it, think about it. I'm like, yo, I'm doing my fucking job. So she was like, well, you know, our listeners think like you talk too much through, during the show. And I was like, well, what the fuck else am I supposed to do if you don't talk? Right? Like if you like mm-hmm. as the co-host, you aren't talking. Like who else is picking up the slack? So mind you, this is the same episode that she said nothing. Like, she was on the, like, after she had her little spat with me on air, mind mm. you, on air, which I'm like, okay, like, if that's how you feel, that's fine. My issue is, after you say what you say, you went quiet. Now, mind you, this is the sports desk. So it's a, you know, it's an inclusive show. We wanted to have, you know, a woman on the show to be like, you know what, like, the guys are usually just shooting the shit, talking sports, you know, and just cursing and stuff like that for an hour or two, right? Cool. But she adds a dynamic to the show that I I wanted to bring to the show. The issue is the only aspect that she wanted to really add was wrestling. And we needed a wrestling segment of the show. I was like, yo, like, but I understand you want to do wrestling, but you have to want to learn more. Like, you've been on the show the entire football season. And, you know, she, like, occasionally has, like, a comment, something like that. But it's like, be willing to learn. So yeah. when she came in and she was like, oh, you talked to him. I'm like, yo, like I'm only filling the gaps that you leave. Like that's just how podcasting works. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I will over talk. That's just me. I know that is me. Or sometimes I'll go along with it. That is just me. It makes the podcast go from fucking 20 minutes to an hour. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's bad. But it's like there's context there. But what happens when you have a show where you want someone to speak and that person isn't speaking? Now right. you and I know for a fact, like there are podcasts or podcasters that can't have a show alone because they don't know what to talk yes. about by themselves. So yes. that, that's how I, that's how I convey my podcast and, and the way that I do things. Where it's like, oh, like I talk as if my co-host ain't going to say shit, 
and I have to fill in the gaps. So yes, y'all can talk until y'all want to talk, but once I start noticing dead space or you don't have anything to fill that gap, well, guess what? Boom, I'm in there. Shane, you've done it for me. Where it's like, all right, Greg doesn't really have like uh, enough knowledge about this or he doesn't have, you know, he doesn't want to talk about this, you mm-hmm. know, in particular. I fill in that gap. That's podcasting to me. That's audio. That's like content. That's content. And, then, and, and if you don't have a lot to say about something you're not knowledge, knowledgeable about, for instance, mm-hmm. the last episode we did was on NFTs. You know more answers than I knew. So my position on that episode was the questions that more people like myself would have about mm-hmm. NFTs. And I provided the questions where you can provide the information so we can have a content-filled show. For her, it would be, how about you have questions on what's going on in something you're not well-versed in to be a part of the show? And podcasting is that. Conversation is that. Even if you want to talk to somebody, but you don't know them well, well, how do you have a conversation? You ask them questions that's going to make them have to answer bingo that's why you know again with respect to her i was kind of disappointed at myself not at her like she was within her right to say everything she said and i was like great like that is a valid criticism keyword here criticism right i Mm -hmm. took that and i applied it to the show immediately and it paid off in my favor because it's like okay well you say I talk too much or you said that, you know, the people that you know that listen to the show say he talks too much. Well, guess what? I'm not going to speak. So it was one of those things where immediately after she said that we went into the segment about like the predictions of like the Super Bowl and stuff like that. Right. She said nothing. So everybody had their turn to say it. It was on her. She said nothing. Then the next thing came up. She said nothing. Five mm. other picks later, she said nothing. To the point where at one point, you know how like on here, like when a person drops off or they like disconnect or something, like mm-hmm. they disconnect. At one point, she disconnected and she just sat in the audience. She never like came back up or anything like that. And it was like, that's why I talk too much. Yeah. That's, that's why I'm here. And I'm not making myself seem better than you or not like that because I am not. But I brought you on the platform because I know that you have a lot of things that you can say that you want to say. And I, I feel like Women have and need a voice in sports and not just wrestling. Mm-hmm. But it's on you to do the research. I'm not going to be the guy to be like, hey, like I'm going to softball everything to you with the expectation of you being like, you know what? I know who LeBron is. Like, no, like if I got to go do the fucking research, you can do the research too. Like if I have to go and find out about uh, Fenty Beauty and relationships and like, you know, like things that people would deem like, you know, women talk and stuff like that. We have a fucking segment on Young Black and Bothered we literally we could just talk news. I don't have to talk news every week. I don't mm-hmm. have to talk gossip every week. Like we can literally just talk about real life shit. But that's you know the difference, and, and it's not any knock on her because she's like still a host of the show. It was like yo, like when you want to be first in things versus you want to gain new information on things. So for me, when I have to go into a show about sports, I know for a fact. Guess what? Like I gotta kind of like either watch sports or want to learn about sports. And if you've been on a show every week, you're like, all right, well, we know for a fact that they talk about this team, this team, this team, this team. They talk about this sport, this sport, this sport, this sport. Let me just talk about, oh, instead, you don't talk about anything. So her criticism was, you know, he talks too much. In my head, I'm like, yes, I know I talk too much, but you don't, you're not talking. 
So what's like that's like somebody telling you, you know what, like, yeah, like you do too much, but I'm not gonna do nothing. It's like, so what the fuck are you talking about then? Like, can you make that make sense to me? That's not constructive criticism. That is you criticizing because I don't want to see you've been read, but like somebody's kind of like got your number one thing. But what mm-hmm. I did was I instantly applied it. And even with like with our show, like even though I'm kind of like long-winded right now, I'm just kind of like proving the point. Was like you should be able to take like a small minute thing in podcasting or in any type of thing and apply it immediately. So when you and I talk podcasts and stuff like that, like even things I don't know, I can be researching it while you're talking. I can go and be saying, you know what, that's new information to me. How can it apply? Like when you were talking about your friend, it applies to me as well. But I still want to say, you know, like that is a situation that is for you. And I sympathize, I empathize with you in that regard. That's content that's also like knowledge. That's me not in critical of you, but more so like learning from that experience. So there's that. But that episode kind of like it, it, it threw me because I was like, yo, like, what the but fuck you know, are we doing? With that situation that you had is once you said i only talk a lot because you're not talking that was her green light to talk to to prove you wrong on the fact that she's not talking but she proved you right that she's not talking by being what stubborn shutting down because one has proven a point that she doesn't like and that's what i'm saying when you're getting constructive criticism, the worst thing that you can do is shut down because then if there's something to combat what that person is saying that is fact, you are now making them look completely right. Yeah, and, and that that's what I, I didn't want to happen, but it did and it actually disappointed me because I fed into the shit. And like, I still haven't like apologized to her because I'm at the point where it's like, I'm at that age and more importantly, like I'm at that point where I'm like, yo, like I'm tired of apologizing for just not even being right, but being one of those people like, yo, like I, I know enough about this that I know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? And it's not just being a podcaster. It's more so it's like, yeah, like if a listener doesn't like what they hear, they can always come back next week or they can just not listen. Like I don't really care about that in that regard, but at the same time, if that's something that you were using, again, like you said earlier with your friend, you're using shit for ammunition. You could have told me that weeks ago. Yes. You could have said these things. Yes. That's constructive criticism for me. If you say, hey, Greg, you're talking a little bit too much, cool. I'll sit back. Now you can figure it out. Now, now there's more room for you. But the issue is, when you have more room and you won't walk into it, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Right. I'm, so, I'm supposed to just be like, all right, cool. There's a whole bunch of fucking dead space in the show. Cool. Right. But for me, it doesn't work. Every episode, what we do, at least on Young Black and Bother and on the sports desk, we critic, you know, we critique it. And Ian, the editor of the show, critiques it as well. If the audio's bad, he's like, Greg, I'm not putting the show out. Because he knows. He's like, yo, like, I'm not going to put out a fucking show. People can't listen. He besides me. I'm like, Greg, like, I can hear something in the background. I got to eat that shit and make it better next week. Q, hey, there's some talk in the background. That shit out. Q cuts that shit out. Like everybody has their critiques because we're, we're st- we still learn these things. But what really pissed me off was that, like that that whole like just the conversation. Because I'm sitting, there, I'm like, what the fuck? Like Greg is talking too much. But the moment here, here it is, 
on you. Like, you know, everybody made their picks. It's your pick. And you say nothing. Like, when you hear the episode, a lot of you not. You're like, well, damn, like, because trust me, she let me fulfill two minutes. And I was like, you know what? She's absolutely right. She's absolutely right. I do talk a lot. I, I do cut people off. I do. I'm like, yes. But I'm not cutting you because you're not saying anything. <laughs> what, the, what are we doing here, right? So, but you know, along here, with... All I want you to... Go ahead. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm done. No, al- along with that comes, like, how to give constructive criticism. Because one thing that I'm not going to do and people should not do is... You know what you know, right? And you know mm-hmm. why you do what you do. And if it's great that you, the things that you do, you don't ever have to feel like you need to be in a position to say, um, you know, I know what I'm doing. X, Y, and Z. started cutting out. What's that me? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. You were cutting out for a second. I don't know what's going on. Um, but you don't, I, I don't want people to feel like they're in a position where they have to prove themselves and people disagree or feel like, oh, now I want to attack what I don't like about this. Mm-hmm. I always take those instances to be like, okay, period. Yep. Because whatever I had to prove has already proven itself. There's no need for me to defend it because I step full throttle five feet one into everything I do. So when when it comes to someone disagreeing with something I do, I always hit it with mm-hmm. okay. I don't even argue yeah. with people anymore. There's too much energy. Um you know my kids' dads be like and I know that like they they're fishing for an argument and I'd be like okay. Like what but that that's becoming my issue though. My issue is like it's not that I don't care. It's almost like I care about my shit. Like I still treat this podcast as if it's mine, but it's everybody's. It's all inclusive for me. Like when I break down the checks and stuff like that and how you know we get paid, I break it down. When we talk about everything, it's broken down evenly. So when I'm like, oh, like I I, I need you to come prepare for what the fuck you here for. Like you signed on for this, right? And you know, it sounds weird, like a guy saying this about like a female co-host because it's like, oh, he's being a dirtbag, he's being a piece of shit. But sometimes I have to be, and mm-hmm. it's not me being like like an asshole, but it's like, bro, like it's a brand. So when people are like, oh, well, you, you talk a lot, yes, I'm talking a lot because you're not, you're not talking enough. I could easily be like, okay, like you know, talk all the things that I've heard in the back channel and the things that people say, but it's like, no, I have to protect the brand. But, you know, do it within reason. Like, imagine owning a fucking Wendy's and, you know, somebody from the drive-thru is like, oh, well, th- this person gave me cold fries. You're not going to fucking fire the person that had cold fries. You're going to, you know, you'll say to them immediately, like, hey, like, you gave them cold fries. You don't go and, like, build up the amount of times they fucked up or, you know, did something wrong for that one time where you're like, you know what? These are all the fucking things you've done that pissed Some us off. Some people do. And those same people and, are the same ones when they fuck up and you're upset with them and you're focusing on the fact that you fucked up with this thing. They be like, so you just gonna throw all the good things that I did away? Like, no. But at this point in time, we're not talking about the good things that you have done. We're talking about this. 
And so a lot of people feel like all of the good that they've done, you need to excuse their bullshit because they've done good. No, we need to focus on this thing right here so you can be better. Exactly. I just, I'm at the point, and I'm sure she'll probably hear this show and be like, damn, he's talking about it again. I'm like, the thing is, with us, like, there is full transparency. Like, she can say, oh, Greg does this, and I can say she does this, stuff like that. But I'm critical about my shit. And the reason but I'm critical about the my same shit... thing is, Greg, when people listen to Young Black and Bother, they're not going to say, um, that, that show was horrible because Greg did this. It's going to be Young Black and Bother that's horrible. That episode was horrible. You know exactly. what I'm saying? And so that's why it's very important to focus on where everybody can be better at and not be offended. And, and that right there matters so much, man. And that's the only way I see it. I don't see it as like, oh, this person's audio is messed up. So it just is them. Like, no, it's the entire fucking thing. Like, there have been episodes that I had to put out with bad audio because the content was that fucking good. It mm. just happens that way. And as a like a podcast host and stuff like that, you know for a fact, like, your audience, the ones who actually will fuck with you if, like, your audio's bad or something like that, you know, like, you disappoint them, so you gotta bounce back. You know for a fact you have to give them something. There have been shows I've listened to, like, there was a show, uh, Hot Fire Starter, so I listen to them every fucking Thursday. So, mm-hmm. one of their co-hosts has a terrible fucking mic, and what they do is they mute the, they mute the microphone that they use. So, like, they have, like, a headset, and I can mm-hmm. tell he has it. So he has a headset and he'll mute the headset, but it's connected to the computer so they can still hear him on the computer. But mm-hmm. we can't hear him because the way that the like headphones work, they're connected. So they're connected to the computer so they can hear him live. But we can't hear him in the feedback for the show. So it's, it's the equivalent of like me going 20 feet away from my phone and the Bluetooth headphone that I'm sitting on. Right. You can still you can still hear me, but in post editing and stuff like that, you can't hear a fucking thing. So I'm telling you know our podcast co-hosts. I'm like, oh, like audio quality matters for one, but content matters as well. And it sucks because like I don't want to seem like oh, it's like the overbearing like host of the show and the owner of the show and stuff like that. But it's like oh, like I listen to myself back. I listen to them back. I have to listen to these shows because if I'm not listening to it, Ian's listening to it. Shan's listening to it. Like, we have to know what we're listening for. So when I asked the simple question of, yo, did you listen to this week's episode? Oh, no, I figured you publish it and we just moved on to the next week. That's not podcast. Mm. That's actually the, the, the polar fucking... You should hate your voice enough to start liking that shit. Does, does that make sense? Like That's why start I started like, podcasting, because I hated <laughs> hearing my voice. Yo, you're like, yo, I, when I first started this shit, Shan, I was like, yo, I hate my fucking voice. I, I, I talk too much. I, I, but then I was like, you know what? Like, if I don't talk, what the fuck am I podcasting for then? Like, I, I need to talk. The main point in podcasting is talking. If, if I look back at every show that you and I have done between, what is it? Uh, well, October 2020 till now, we over 200 hours of just us talking. Over. And it's easy. One show, we did a fucking show for four hours and 40 minutes. I know it. We had to break it into three episodes. That was what just last year. Listen, you know the shows that we we've done on this shit. No, but you know what? I, with you saying this, I feel like we have to do another um, podcast tips episode. I know we did one last year. We have to. 
We have to. Yes, because I've heard but, some podcasts that people, you know, tell me to check out. First of all, <laughs> the yeah. main people who, and we're going to talk about this more on that show when that show comes up. The main people who talk about being like um, tired of recording or they 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 don't have any more content or they need a break are the people that have so much to improve. Yep. And how I be thinking about it is like, damn, there's so many things that you could do with that show, but it would seem like I'm being out of pocket if I tell you what to do with your own shit as someone mm-hmm. that's in the same sector as what you're creating. It will come off like, I feel like I'm Dang better girl. if I tell you, but I don't want it to come off like that. I want to be able to tell people like, hey, if you feel like things is getting mundane, just like in a relationship, what is it time for? It's time for you to switch some shit up. Maybe you should take a look at your cover art. Is it boring when you see this? Would you want to listen? Is it just a picture of yourself mm-hmm. when someone sees this? Would they say, oh, this is a professional podcaster. Let me listen. Or when they when they hear your intro, would they be like, ooh, I'm engaged. I'm in. Mm-hmm. I like this. Um is your mic clear? Can they hear stuff in the background? Um, is it an interest, interesting topic? Or do you sound like you're into it or do you sound dry? Like all of that shit is a um, factor of why you're bored with it and why people are not listening. Yo, well, here's like a teaser for that episode when it happens. I'm going to let y'all know podcasting is like going to the gym you don't get fit without the reps you can't tell me you did five reps and all of a sudden like either you know you just quit or you feel like you're in shape you're not shan is at like 900 plus and she's still trying to like like when you go to the gym like yes you feel like you're in shape you keep going in order to maintain that shit podcasting's the same fucking way yeah. You can be like, oh yeah, like I hit my stride. Half of the podcasts that I've heard between the years of fucking uh twenty twenty and now are gone. Mm-hmm. Half. When I look at my favorites list, I can go down the fucking laundry list of shows that like yo, like like the pregame podcast. I hear them every once in a while. And I'm like, I get it. Like people got lives, kids and families and stuff like that. Like we can't do the every Tuesday thing, every Thursday thing. Trust me. Now I'm doing that shit. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Ain't no episode this week. They can deal with it. Because when they do get a show, there's content. That's the difference between, like, you know, somebody who has the longevity and somebody who's just like, you know what? We're going to put out five episodes. We're going to quit. And they're going to come back in the spring. No. No. I don't want to hear that shit now. You you, you got six more co-hosts. And the only reason I speak this up, Shane, you know it. It was me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've been through all that shit. But... Uh, again like constructive criticism starts with honestly like just knowing that like reading the room pretty much so a lot of people in the podcast game whenever we talk about that episode and in the like circumstance that i was talking about it hurts to know that people criticize other people but they don't understand the circumstance they don't understand like yo like there's a lot of work behind this there's a lot of (laughs) trying to figure out like editing until fucking two o'clock in the morning. That's why I ended up like paying Ian. I was like, yo, like I can't do that shit. I can't go and podcast until like 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night 
and then wait for the file to download, edit the fucking shit. Then after that, and mind you, it's four people. Imagine having four sound clips that you're trying to even out because people accidentally leave the Zoom link or people mm-hmm. accidentally drop off the call and you got to try to add that shit up. They don't think about that shit. So when it comes tax season, everybody's like, oh, Greg, can I, can I add this to my taxes? What did you put towards it? Did right. you pay for the Zoom? No. Did, did you pay for this? No. Like when we did, uh, when Stereo was paying us last year and we got the 1099s and everybody's mm-hmm. like, oh, like, is this taxable? It's like, yeah, it's a taxable event. Like, yeah, it's considered a contest, but it's still a taxable event. You have to go and say what you, you know, what you made. There's certain things that you have to actually do the research. So when people like, you know, the co-host criticizes the things that we do, I'm like, I do this shit for y'all. Because trust mm-hmm. me, if I don't talk for that extra five or 10, 15 minutes that I do talk, there's nothing. There's just a bunch of people who are just like, you know what? Feeling like they're having a phone conversation. It's not a phone conversation. It's a fucking podcast and people need to be entertained. So take it for what you will. Either way, what happened on that episode, it will drop next week. And I, I want you to listen to it because I feel like I was personally wrong. But I also feel like at the end of it, it's like, damn, like Greg is kind of fucked up right now. But then it made sense like immediately after when you realize like, damn, I, well, I understand now because they ain't said a fucking word since. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So that one, it really threw me off guard. But let's let's get back on track because I know we're almost done with constructive criticism. But you okay. can, who was the last thing we talked about? Um, we talked about how to take constructive criticism better. I want to talk about how to give constructive criticism. Mm. I think the best time to give constructive criticism on something somebody did, said, uh, created is at least a week after because I feel like by that time, all the congrats is done. All the happy moments is done. All the, you know, just in good spirits is done and you don't want to be the person the day after something happens. Well, let me tell you how you fucked up, you know? So, um, I think a week after is good timing to give constructive criticism. I think people need to do a compliment first before they talk about what needs to improve. Then constructive criticism can be given and then you end it on a positive note like you're you're optimistic about what it could be with the information that was just given. You can't just be like, hey, that movie that you put out that you did for like the last 12 months of the last year, it sucked. Peace. (laughs) You know, it has to be more than that. And I think people need to learn how to end, how to start with positive things and then end with something positive when they give constructive criticism so they don't come off like a quote-unquote hater or um, someone who doesn't want them to be happy or be good or comes off uh, with them being ungrateful. Also, you can brainstorm with that person that you're giving them constructive criticism. Exactly. Like, what's wrong with brainstorming on how to be be better together or even give them some showable examples? Well, I hear what you're saying, but I'm not seeing it. Can you show me what you're saying? Can you show me the app or the program that's going to make this easier or cleaner or more presentable for me? Can you show me how to set up uh, my cover letter the way that this job wants my cover letters? People are still today in fucking 2022 struggling on their resume and their cover letter, and I don't know how. Yep. 
it's actually gotten easier and people just got lazy. But again, okay. story for so, another day. Like, uh, I just, I just feel like going off to the side privately is an mm-hmm. etiquette that I don't think a lot of people have. It's like some people get to this illusion of themselves where they feel like, oh, because of who I am, I should be able to tell you this in the open, regardless of who is around. Or I should be able to tell you this at your party or, you know, at your event right here. And I don't want you to feel away. No, some people are going to feel away because you can't tell another person how to feel after you shared your opinion. Mm-hmm. So go off to the side privately. Know when to give your two cents. Same thing in relationships. If you have an issue and you're out somewhere, know when to have a conversation or a dispute about something. Is Does this necessarily have to be right now? Can this be talked about later? Okay, cool. But to have it there, it just gives each other a bad taste about each other it gives other people a bad taste about you and that one time that you feel away can be the first impression about you to somebody you don't even know yes yes like you know to piggyback from what you're saying like one of the best ways that i've learned that's really like uh, effective in like criticizing people is just starting at the beginning and trying to understand what they're speaking about and ask questions that are like related to that subject, basically showing that you're interested. It's easy to like get distracted with like all the like inner workings of what could possibly happen from what they're telling you instead of just focusing on what they're saying, as well as the things that are in your surroundings. That's why when you had mentioned like, you know, when people argue in public and stuff like that, like, that is a distraction, but focus right there. Like, you know, don't lose focus, but most importantly, you have to genuinely like listen. So for me, that's huge. Um, second, I, I had to write the other three down. You have to validate that person. If yeah. somebody comes to you, like, and they're trying to figure things out, you have to validate them. Make them feel like, you know, like you aren't just there to respond to that shit. You're there because you comprehended what they said, you thought it through, and now you're bringing information that they want keyword there is want they have to want what you're giving to them if not it's like fuck it what's the point like you're just talking to a wall um you also this was a a huge one for me that i didn't catch on to until shan you brought it up to me i i have to and other people have to as well and you had mentioned it not in a podcast but on a twitter space this is recently when I don't know if you remember when we talked, not this Friday, but the previous Friday about the bowling alley situation. Mm. Basically, refraining from problem solving automatically. Most of the times, people just want to vent. They don't want an immediate solution. You said like some, like in that regard with that situation, you were like, you're like right now, just like give it some time. Like things might change in the morning. Like just like refrain from how you feel Mm-hmm. And just honestly, just like, you know, just let that person get their shit off. So it's like, okay, like what, that makes sense to me now. Like, I guess I have to do that. And I didn't want to, but the thing is, once I let that happen, the situation died down. And when it died down, like both like calmer heads prevailed, everything just worked out in my favor, her favor, and more importantly, like the situation. 
So we know for a fact it won't happen again, which made me feel better because it's like I didn't go and jump the gun and mm-hmm. immediately get on the offensive. So that it, it mattered to me. And my, my last thing, and I know, you know, Shane, you have more, is that I think it's like really helpful to connect their like thinking to things that they have like previously talked about. So you know how obviously this podcast, we usually kind of referred like old episodes and previous episodes and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. imagine like you and a person that's giving you like constructive criticism or asking for that criticism, they'll like say, like, that reminds me of the last time that you talked about this. Like things mm-hmm. like that referring to another situation or a previous situation might mm-hmm. help your case. Like mm-hmm. if your friend is coming to you for sound advice and you're like, yo, like I remember you told me about that guy like six months ago, but you're not talking about like, oh, this happens on a random occurrence or what happens constantly. It's just mm-hmm. a situation of you told me this before. I listened to you before. I can be trusted with the information that you get. That right there is a way of like even like bridging the gap for constructive criticism, because at that mm-hmm. point you've built like trust with that person. So now they want to come to you because you did the one thing a lot of people forget to do and that's listen. So yeah. that's my like key points in being effective. Yeah. Um, a lot goes into being the person that is good at listening to is also having a boundary to where sometimes you don't want nobody to bring their shit to you because you got your own shit. And a lot of people who are great listeners that people love to come to about whatever they got going on, they never ask, hey, how are you? Do you have a minute? Can I can I um, get your feedback on something? They just talk. They just throw it on them. And I'm just like, you can't do that. And so when it comes to um, closing up, giving constructive criticism better, I feel like nobody needs nor do they want phony feedback. So just be on it if somebody gives you the space to give them the criticism. Um, and it's okay to go to lunch or go shopping or um, go on a coffee date to tell them about your feedback from whatever they did or whatever event went on. It doesn't have to be like what you see on reality TV where it gets really nasty. It can be like something nobody needs to know. It's just me and you. I wanted to talk to you about this to get your point of view or whatever. And and it's, it's just an easier way to go at things that people don't even do. Um, okay. So it's already 1133. I got, I got notes on how to take good feedback in your relationship and ways to effectively listen. So which one do you want to do? We can do both. I'm going to be effectively listening. I am not going to interrupt. I'm going to let okay. you get your shit off. Okay. So um, what I have on how to give good feedback in your relationship is, first of all, if the person you're in a relationship uh, with is giving you feedback, um, it's the person you with. It's the person that's choosing you and the person you chose. So thank your partner for sharing it and being honest. Because some people are not honest. Some people don't care about you to give you feedback. Some people will have you out here looking like a fool, sounding like a fool. Um, And they would rather talk about you while with you to somebody else they probably likely to cheat on you with. So 
I think if I was in a relationship and somebody was giving me feedback and sharing with me about something where I could be better, I would just be thankful that they came to me and didn't go to somebody else and I had to hear it secondhand. So that's something to keep in mind. Also remember that the person that's talking to you at that moment loves you and chose you and cares about you. So they're not telling you something to be spiteful. They're um, not purposely attacking you. They don't want to see you worse out here because if that's the case, they would have never said anything to you. And I think everybody needs to focus on the solution always. So like I was saying earlier, I don't bring up things to people without having a solution to it. It just keeps the conversation at peace and helps me not feel like I'm complaining um, without bringing options that can happen. Um, Also, it is fucking okay to ask for details on what they mean when they say shit. Um, There's nothing wrong with that. You're not being condescending if you say, well, what do you mean? Some things people say, oh, you do this and you know how to do that better. But maybe that person does not know how to do that better and they want an example or they want details. And that's fine for them to ask for details. I think people need to take ownership and not sarcastically take ownership. You know how you be um, talking to somebody you're with and they'd be like, all right, yeah, I, I always do this and I always do that. And it sounds like, oh, so you're not listening to me and you're just being a dick because I'm having this conversation. No, you mm-hmm. should respect that person enough to not do that childish shit and be like, maybe shut the fuck up or say, you know, yeah, I know I do that. I'm trying to be better. And I hate when people say I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to, you know, fix it or do less of that when they really not. And it's fine to be like, I know I suck at this or I know I have this habit where I do this. I don't know how to not do it. It's not, you're not wrong for being like, I don't know how or nobody ever showed me or yeah, I know I do this thing that gets under your skin and um, I just don't know how to not do that. I need to figure out a way to not do that. And I apologize. There's nothing wrong with saying that shit. And it seems like people are so in their ego or in their pride that they can't even own what's being said to honestly apologize about it and say, you know what? I don't know how to fix it, but I do recognize that it's a problem. Like it's very easy. Um, People should learn how to be open to compromise. My thing is like, if you feel like you don't have a compromising bone in your body, a relationship with another human being is not for you. Maybe you should get a dog. Maybe you should get a cat, um, a fish. You know, whenever that fish pisses you off, maybe just take it out the water and buy another one. I don't know. Oh, no. Oh, no. But I just feel like, Saying that you want to be in a relationship, but you just don't want to compromise or budge on anything is ignorant. It's it's straight That's sad because there's so many people who don't want to be in relationships. They just want to be happy. And it's like, like, 
it, it, it don't work that way. Like you, like you can be happy by yourself, but you yeah. want somebody to make you happy, and you just want to like make them find happiness for themselves and you. And it's like, I, I'm gonna shut up because I'm, I'm about nope. I'm not doing it tonight. Nope. Um, I refuse to fucking do it tonight. I think after two people in a relationship uh, express like ways they can each be better for each other or in the relationship i feel like that's only going to make the bond with y'all stronger because something was brought to an attention something was honestly worked on and y'all both found a solution together so then you know like hmm if this relationship is at this stage now i truly trust this person to go with me the extra mile to this stage of whatever our relationship is a lot of people don't have the trust in each other to grow together because they have not seen a person improve something that was brought to their attention yet. So they have like these limitations for them and the relationship just keeps going around in the same circle, but not growing anywhere. Exactly. Um, lastly, with this shit is all you got to do is say what I need from you is. There is no that need. Mouth. Listen, sometimes, okay. <laughs> um, there is no need to point out what is wrong with a person the whole time you guys are talking. You are wasting time pointing out the the problem. Where is the solution? I'm like that in Twitter Spaces. I was like that on Clubhouse. Every year, talking about the same issues and the same thing. We need to do this. We need to do that. We need to do that. Okay, cool. Gotcha. So, what's your solution? And it's quiet. And it's quiet. And that's the shit that I hate. I hate when people at work bring up a problem, but don't come with solutions. So, you mean to tell me that you had me come in here 45 minutes early so you can sit in here and tell me what the problem is, but you have no solutions? Can I, I, I want to say this without sounding disrespectful. Half the motherfuckers who be doing the problem solving are the problem. Like, Hello. Oh, like, it'd be like it, it's you. Right. It'd it be you. That's like the reason why you know how to solve it is because you know how the fuck you would act if somebody did this shit to you. You are the problem. You right. are an expert manipulator. You are a problem seeker, not a problem solver. It'd right. be you. Like when people were like, oh, it'd be your own folks. It'd be your own friends and shit like it'd be you, my nigga. Like every single time. It's nobody else. It's just you. Right. Just you. Which brings me to ways you can effectively listen. Okay. First and foremost, go clean your ears. Your ears is a main component to communication. Please clean your ears, okay? Um, listen to hear, not to respond. Mm. A lot of mm. women struggle with this. A lot of men struggle with this because they've seen their moms clap back before the conversation oh, no. is done and they think that's how they should be as a man and that is wrong. Men who can have a woman possibly being disrespectful verbally, not physically, Talking, 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 yelling, 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 whatever. And they remain calm are very attractive. Men who speak in a 
respectable tone and can command a room and automatically any woman who has common sense will be like, okay, this is what we're doing, what he said. Because there's no need for a grown man to yell, scream, shake a woman, put their hands on a woman for him to get his point across. And if you Mm -hmm. feel like as a man, that's what you have to do. You are a holder of the same vagina I got. Yeah. She is speaking right now to 88% of clubhouse and Twitter spaces. You motherfuckers do not need to yell to make a point. Sometimes the best like advice in the good game that you get come from the people who honestly are just talking like a normal human. You do not have to be at 90% volume or in a car 45. You do not have to be at a 45 in order to be heard. It's best to just say what you need to say, get the point across, and hope somebody understands it. There are two types of men. Like Shan said, there's a guy who has to be heard at a volume, though. Mm-hmm. And there's a guy who said what they said, and they hope you caught it because they don't want to repeat themselves. There have yes. been more times than not me as a man when I'm in like clubhouse and spaces and stuff like that. A guy will talk and he'd be yelling, and I completely tune them out. I'm like, oh, he, he just he just wants to hear him. Cool, no big deal. Like mm-hmm. he's going to say something that I agree with, but more than not, like I just don't want to hear that shit. But then that one person comes in and he just same tone the entire time. There is no like high octave, low octave. It's just like one monotone like them just talking and you're like yo like they spitting some shit like yo like where the fuck did that come from and they can silence a room Shane, you and mm-hmm. i have been in those rooms where it's like yo, like somebody and it's not, it doesn't even have to be a man it could be a woman too a woman Listen, the in, voice we know the voice bro yo the, the, the voice but you be like you be like yo like not only are they just like they come in here knowing that y'all yelling but everybody shut up when they speak because Nothing they're saying sounds disrespectful. It doesn't like have to have like 46 curse words in a sentence. They're just talking. And they're talking to one human, like, you know, from another human. Right. Which is what I like, which is what I prefer. But again, like you said, some people just are that way. They have to be loud and obnoxious in order to be heard. Me, I I hate it. I just personally hate it. So, yeah. Fuck you guys on Clubhouse, by the way, too. Yeah, and I feel like when a man feels like he has to be loud and scream and yell back to to get attention, you just showed that someone has the ability to get under your skin to where you can't catch your composure. Mm-hmm. Nobody uh, should have to one mic a grown man. I'm sorry. No, that shit bothers me. No. Okay. One mic, one mic. I don't miss it, okay? All right. For me. But um Can, can I just sidebar really quick? Just, just yeah. really quick. For like like maybe like 30 seconds. Why the fuck have people who like when they do clubhouse and stuff like that, that one mm-hmm. mic shit, it always bothers me because if you've ever been to like a convention or something where people are on stage and there's like an audience and there's like a panel. They usually have the ability to turn the mics off 
And they also have enough respect for each other to be like, okay, that person's talking. I'm going to let them get their point across. That way I can get my point across. Why did it stop at Clubhouse? So now everybody is like, you know what? I almost heard what you said, but since you didn't get your thought out, let me counter the point that I heard up until the point where I cut you off. Why is that a thing? I can't answer that. Why is that a thing? But I can also tell when it's a huge room and it's a whole bunch of people talking at the same time and the topic is really good, I completely back out of that room because Mm -hmm. the people in this room don't respect the other people in this room enough to let them speak and not talk over them and nothing positive Mm -hmm. can get done here. So there's that. Um, Yeah. When it comes to effectively listening, do not watch or read or scroll through your phone when somebody is talking to you about something important. That is Mm. very disrespectful. Um, Responding respectfully and remember remembering that acting out of character isn't cool at all and it will never be forgotten and it can also be the first um point of view for someone who is going to meet you will possibly meet you and will remember how you acted that one time when they saw you Mm. so that's just a reminder for you to keep your composure no matter what or how you feel when you're out in public. Um, Asking questions that require responses is very important because then it just seems like if you don't do that, you're just coming at somebody to talk at them. And anybody over five years old doesn't want to be talked at. Um, it's, it's, It's cool to paraphrase things when you're talking to people for understanding but it's not mm-hmm. cool to be like sarcastic and um, acting, quote unquote, like you don't know what they're talking about. So, so they can go away. It's very dismissive. I think being mm-hmm. engaged is important to let them know that their time matters. Being empathetic to what they view as important for them and sharing your thoughts is important. That face, if you're looking at me, better be engaged. Y'all know how to engage with y'all eyes, y'all, y'all uh, facial features and all of that. And for me, I do this in interviews where if the interview is going on for too long and you asking way more questions than you need to, my eye starts to wander and I hate that shit. So wrap it up. Tell me if you want me or not, because I'm done talking. Yo, real quick. Again, 30 seconds. Now that like actually like I have a job I like I enjoy it most of the times I would like to start going on interviews that I can walk out on like when I say that I can walk out on I just want to be in a position to be like you know what I know you're bullshitting me like I, I just I want to be in that position there's enough TikTok videos there's enough Instagrams there's enough people telling you especially now with that lady who was like okay like you know the job was worth 130 I gave somebody 85 like I want to be in the position to be in those interviews and say, you know what? This ain't enough. And mm-hmm. walk out and know for a fact that, you know what? I can go disgruntled back to my normal nine to five and know for a fact that, you know what? Like, at least I have a job. And now I'm sure somebody's like, well, damn, like, that's fucked up. What if I don't have a job and I'm looking for a job? I want you to be in that position that I'm in as well. But there are a lot of fucking companies who do that shit. Like, 
don't waste my fucking time. Like, why why are we wasting each other's time? Like, I've looked at, like, I went and updated my resume, and I was like, like, what? None, all of my shit looks outdated now, which is already a problem in itself. Mm-hmm. But then the jobs, I applied for one job just to see what it was like. They told me it was a quick apply. The quick apply took me 35 minutes to fill out. Listen, if, I want this text, is what is <laughs> I want checks for filling out applications. Like what in the f- I'm like, yo, can like there needs to be a platform that says, you know what? For every application that you fill out, you get five dollars. Yes. Just five dollars. Like, you know what? You fill out an application, here's five bucks. Because for the amount of time you're about to waste, like one uh one of my friends who is in HR, they're like, Well, Greg, like I did like forty five interviews this week. Did you pay any of them though? Because think about but- it. If I work a job and I'm coming leaving my job for an hour and a half to go and do this interview, only for you to be like, Hey, can you come back for a second time or a third time? Or worse, you tell me, Hey, can you send me references so you can call Greg- my current employer? Like what the fuck Greg? Is- what? The amount of people who post a job and you are currently working and they can see that shit on your LinkedIn and they hit your DM saying, can we set up an interview tomorrow at 11 or 12 o'clock? Bitch, I work. (laughs) I'm not unemployed. No, we can't set up an interview tomorrow. Well, what about Friday? I still work Friday. I'm still on a schedule. Well, when can we set up an interview? Tell me a day so I can like move around my schedule so I can do the interview with you. And then this is another thing with that shit. When they hit you with, let's do a second interview here. Listen, if I do that second interview and then you tell me we went with another candidate, I'm going to come back just so I can step on your neck. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we, we we definitely. That's a whole nother episode. That, that is <laughs> another I, I hate it. Oh my god, yo! But yo. Um, listen, oh this constructive—this is your um, fault. Listen, this I, is your th- fault. Things had to be said. This episode on how to handle constructive criticism is a good one. It's something that can help everybody. If you listen to this, share it with somebody that struggles with it. Um, share it on your feed. It will be on Loudmouth Stereo on Monday on the podcast that you can find. In the link above on Spotify, Apple, Google, Podbean, wherever you listen to podcasts, it will be there on Monday. Um, it's a lot to listen to, but it's a lot of good things that people can grow from. Um, utilize it, use it, share it, all of that shit. We will be back next Saturday at 930. That is Greg from Young Black and Bothered. Check out that podcast. You can find me on She Gets a Podcast. Um, and at Shambi Potten. We are done. We have one message. I'm going to play it, and then we'll be out of here. Most people can't. Peace and blessings to the uh, panel. Most people can't handle that constructive criticism. And, you know, sometimes when truth hits you, it it hurts. Truth hurts, y'all. And criticism hit right at the heart sometimes. People just want to be patted on the back and talk good about well, the minute you criticize and watch the attacks come about. So you really, you really find who your friends and who your enemies and your associates is quickly. What y'all think? Holly. Thanks. That is a fact. That is a fact.
And shout out to DC because that is a DC nigga. If I do not, <laughs> thank you, Tierra, I, I for I listening. Accent. Thank you, Terry. For listening. Shout out to Tierra. Shout out. Terry been in here for a minute too. Tierra's been yeah. in here for what? Like I think since like the first twenty minutes of the show. So shout out to her, doing amazing. Um, but shout out to Knowledge as well. He just joined in, but we about thank to exit you. out of here. The exit. Greg about to get some Valentine's B, and I'm about to. <laughs> Go to my lonely, oh. my lonely uh patty cake patty. Okay, we will be back. I'm, I'm about to, I'm, I'm about to treat that pussy like a Kindle. <laughs> it's gonna be black on white. Baby. We will be back me. next Saturday. <laughs> Bye, y'all. <laughs> hey, do you have the Wi-Fi password? Common words everyone has said in an airport, coffee shop, or any public place with free internet. Don't fall victim to internet hackers while using free internet thanks to NordVPN. NordVPN is one of those services you tell yourself you don't need until it's too late. We've used the NordVPN to browse the web, check bank accounts, and even stream apps like Netflix. It's the only VPN service that lets you bypass ISPs, perfect for when your job has sites you frequent like Facebook is blocked. It's the best VPN service you can get, for both price and performance. Install NordVPN on up to six devices, including your smartphone, tablet, and desktop, and experience the service for yourself. Start protecting yourself and your content with NordVPN by heading over to nordvpn.com forward slash YBAB at checkout and save 75% on your subscription. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.